LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Dean, and I am joined by Jessica. And together, we are going to be talking about Game of Thrones Season 5. Season 5 recap, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Well, we are getting prepared for Season 6. It's coming. Do you like my emphasis on the Because there's going to be the snakes from Dorne and all that shit not involved. I hope not too many of them. Oh boy. Well, we're going to find out. So, we're back. We're going to recap season 5. Jessica, talk to the good people at home and tell them how we're going to go about recapping this episode. Uh and uh before you do that, I'm just going to say the purpose of this recap is to get you reacquainted with season 5 so you're ready for season 6. But we will also do some speculative uh, discussion, too. We don't know any future material. Nobody so, does, except for George R. R. Martin. He's not here. Yeah, but I some I think some stuff in the book didn't make it to the show, which could oh, make it into the Oh, some stuff this, that's going to happen with the Greyjoys. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. So we, we're going to speculate. We're not going to spoil because we don't know any better. So uh, consider yourself warned now before proceeding. Uh, so Jessica, tell these good people how we're going to break this shit down. So we're going to do it kind of how we do a normal episode of the show or how we did the season four recap. We're going to go location by location and we're going to talk about what's going on in all those locations and it's going to be fun. I'm guessing treachery, nudity, murder, rape. Plenty of those. Awesome. Lots of full frontal going on. Cool. Don't you worry. Yep. People are going to die. How Stark remembers wants to remind us. Yep. There will be death. I could try to keep a death count. Yeah, we should probably do death dra- a death draft. We'll do too. a death draft, too. Uh, I'll tell you, we are recording live on Mixler. This is the first time we've brought the Game of Thrones podcast to Mixler. Mixler is a live recording thing that we have with a chat room. People go in. You guys can participate in the show as it's happening, offer feedback, make corrections to us. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of success with it on our science fiction film podcast and our Walking, and the Walking Dead. Dead podcast it's mixler.com slash lsg dash media mixler spelled m-i-x-l-r dot com slash lsg dash media so we are going to be doing live podcasts for every episode of game of thrones yes we're not exactly sure what day that will be because jessica's schedule varies a little bit unlike matthews which is pretty standard which is why we could promise an 11 o'clock recording every monday we're probably going to record earlier. And to be honest with you, earlier is better because more people can get involved. So we will keep you guys posted as far as when the live recordings will go on the website. We have a tab that says release dates and live recording dates right when you go to the main page. Just click on it and they'll be updated. We promise that the episodes in question will be released on what day? Um, we'll have them released on the main feed, like the actual feed, not live. They'll be up by Thursday. It's typically going to be earlier, but my schedule at work changes and a lot of times I have to stay late at work and there's no guarantees about anything. So it's hard for me to commit to a specific day, but I will be able to, everybody will know what time we're recording live and when we'll probably be able to release by Thursday of the week before. Typically by then I have an idea. Right. Perfect. So there you have it. Well, why don't we get right to it? Let's not keep the good people waiting much longer. Jessica, let's talk about the locations. Let's give an overview of which locations we're going to cover. First, I would just like to say that before doing this podcast, just so you know about preparation things that we did, 
we actually rewatched most of Game of Thrones. Um, my sister and her boyfriend were watching Game of Thrones for the first time. And Dean and I got so excited that we basically held them hostage and forced them to watch it with us instead of on their own so that we could rewatch everything. So we have actually rewatched not just season five, but probably three, four and five five recently. Between the last recording and this one. Correct. So it's very fresh in our minds, um, probably more so than we did the season four recap, which is good. Yes. So just so everybody knows. Well, now you've done it. You've basically promised high quality content where you could have just kept that secret from them and wowed them. Now we have to uh, make up for the promise on what you just gave these good people. So great. Thanks for putting us in the corner. I'm sorry. I'm going to be amazing. So, (laughs) Oh, my. All right. Well, let's go with an overview of the locations. Which locations are we going to tackle today? We're going to talk about Marine, obviously. We're going to talk about the wall. Mm Mm-hmm. the wall will include some Stannis, and then we're going to branch off into Stannis heading to the north. Okay. Or headed back south from the more north, going to Winterfell. You don't. Know His march on Winterfell will suffice. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about the Vale, which will segue into some Winterfell stuff with Sansa, but the Vale will be kind of Littlefinger stuff, and then he takes off. Yep. And, and some Brienne there in the Vale briefly together. Yep. There'll be some Brienne um, throughout. We're going to talk about King's Landing, obviously. We're going to talk about Dorne, unfortunately. We're going to talk about Bravos. I already said Marine, so that seems right. And in each of those, we'll talk a little bit about the characters, what their arcs entailed of, uh, and a little bit of what we hope from those character arcs going forward, and um, some of the predictions and speculations we have we'll put at the end of each of these moments just to ensure that we... Uh, do it as we're doing it. So again, we do not have foreknowledge of this. So any speculation we make is not really a spoiler because we don't have information that we're spoiling. We're guessing. Except that we watch previews. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll speculate on some of the preview stuff we saw, which is very but, teaserish. But that's it. And I, I watched very, like, last time I looked up every single second of preview I could find. I didn't do that. I just watched what I saw. Yeah. So. All right, that's good. So let us move to our first location. Jessica, where are we traveling to? Well, I want to end with the wall, as I said, because that's going to be our biggest speculative stuff. All right. Um, But we should probably start with something good, not Dorne, because Dorne sucks. Okay. Well, we probably should start with Dorne then. Because it sucks? Yeah. You want to start off with some... Yeah, let's start with Dorne. All right, I'm ready. Now, allow me an overview of Dorne real quick. Jessica and I, as she already mentioned rewatched season five. One of the things that I noted about season five on what I would like to call a binge watch, because we did binge watch it. Yeah. I mean, we had, we probably watched... Over the course of a few weeks. Over a few weeks, we watched probably two episodes every time they came by. Sometimes more. I happened to find that the Dorn storyline was less shitty when you watch them successively versus when you have a week in between and you're like, gee, nothing is happening here. I agree. So I will say this. I haven't listened to our season four, five podcasts in a while. I was listening to the recap, uh, to I mean, to the to the finale. But I will say this. I know that I was hard on the Dorn storyline. It was boring. It's still not very good, in my opinion, because I feel like the Ilaria character really went off the deep end fast. You know, she chopped her hair up, got all militant, and then, um, you know, wanted equal rights or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is with women cutting their hair short and then yeah. turning into psychos. Once they Thank get, God I grow my hair out. Once they get my dumped, God. they chop the hair off, you know. Uh, Good Lord. It's the, or they're 
husband dies by having his eyes and brains smushed out by a yeah. giant man. You say tomato, I say tomato. I don't know. I just know that she went out that goddamn hair with a vengeance. She Ramsey Bolton her own hair off. But here's what I will say. It's not as bad when you go on a rewatch and you can move quickly through. But it's still the worst part of the season. It is the worst part of the season, unfortunately. Right? Yeah. Uh, in the chat, Mando says, Oberyn set the bar high, and that's the truth. He was such a compelling character. I miss him every day. Every oh. time he was on screen, he was great. And I did not find the same wish true here. I didn't like Prince Doran as much as I thought I, w- I thought I would. That's because we had Star Trek bias. That's true. So we all thought we were going to love him. I didn't like the Sand Snakes as much as I thought I would. Except the boobage when they showed their boobs. Yeah, she's a hottie. You like that? Yeah. Uh, and um, I didn't love Alaria as I've already mentioned. Jamie and Braun were good. The Jamie and Braun Road Always. Show was great. Why don't we talk about sequentially how the how the Dorn storyline unfolds? What do you got for me? Now, just as a disclaimer, and we want to give credit where credit's due, we found a lot of the synopsis on Wikipedia. And, uh, you know, we didn't, we were, oddly enough, I was doing the research on making a synopsis. And then I saw that Jessica had one and it was exactly, no joke, word for word, the one I was making, because I was going into the episode synopses and cutting the relevant parts out and putting all of them together. And then I realized somebody already did that on Wikipedia. I was, it was like, me. boy, I'm wasting my fucking time. Actually, it's Wikipedia. <laughs> so it's already <laughs> up just there. just at the wrong part. So Jessica, take us sequentially through Dorn. How does the Dorn storyline begin? I'm not going to read this. I'm just going to basically freestyle this stuff. Okay. Um, so Cersei gets a threat basically from Dorn. Um, right. What she feels is a threat. It's Marcella's necklace with a snake around it. So Jamie's going to take this mission. He's going to go to Dorne. He's going to take Braun with him because Braun is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they head to Dorne. So he wasn't convinced right away, if I recall. He needed some push from her. He was like, they're not going to harm her. Why would they risk war? And she really pushed it on him that it was a threat, if I recall. That's what Cersei does. So yes. seems reasonable. <laughs> yes. Um, so do you think do you think Cersei really thought that Marcella had was threatened? Do you think she really took Ilaria's threat seriously? Yes. I think the one thing if you can give Cersei is that Cersei is a fierce mother and protector of her children. And I think that any little thing where she thinks something might be off concerns her. She was concerned in the first place about sending right. Marcella to Dorne. She didn't want to do it in the first place. Right. Um and any little thing was going to set her off with any of her kids, which is going to go back to how we open everything sure. with this flashback, right? Sure, yep. So this doesn't necessarily have to do with Dorn, but let's just say it now. Our whole season, season five, opens with a flashback of Cersei, and she is told that a woman younger and more beautiful than her is going to take power. She assumes it's Marjorie. I think it's Danny. whatever. And it also says that she's going to have three children. Gold will be their crowns. Okay, they're going to be blonde and children of incest and Indeed. gold will be their shrouds. Right. And this is something that has stuck with her. It sticks with her when she looks at Marjorie. She's already lost one kid. She's worried about her other two kids. And at this point, by the time season five ends, we've only got one kid left. It's scary to think that this prophecy is something that's been with her since she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And it reared its head because she started to see the pieces falling into place. That's a terrifying prospect. Right. When you're talking about, you know, beyond reason, beyond science, for lack of better terms, thing that's going to, this curse that's going to rear its ugly head. Uh, uh, so that's, it. the reason I ask is because 
it's a it's probably not a great move by Cersei to send Jamie no. on tie on on the eve, not even the eve, but on the precipice, or should I say, on the ending of it just happened, right? What am I trying to say? The recent death of Tywin. It's not a good idea to send away your brother. So she's she's isolating herself. She's losing her power base. And uh, that's it's interesting that she sent Jamie away. So she really must have felt that yes. Marcella was threatened enough. Plus, like you said, we open on this thing with the prophecy and uh, the kids are going to die and that's a bummer. So now she's like, I'm not, I'm going to fight this fate that's been handed to me when I was a young girl by this Maggie Toad bitch, bitch <laughs> chick, I forget her name. The dirty chick who's kind of hot, you know, if you showered her, she looked nice. Sure. Yeah, you know, but um, okay, so he, he heads off. How is he going to fight though? What's, how is he going to work? How is this going to work when he has a golden hand? He can't even wipe his own ass. That's why he brings Braun. Of course. Because Braun is awesome. He is. Obviously. Um, of course, they get taken right away because they he has a gold hand. Yep. They get out there. They get into some combat. They get they move in. They're in disguise. They are going to take her, but she doesn't need rescuing, does she? No, because she's in love with Tristane. It's adorable. They're like high school kids at the locker making out, and the teachers are like, stop that right now. Right. It's very cute. It's adorable. I like this. She likes Dorn. She does, and I think that's a that's a real a real problem for, for this whole thing. Yes, because now Jamie's in this position. Like, what do I do? I got to take her home. If he returns home empty-handed, how happy is our friend going to be? Who knows? So they end up getting captured. And this part of the problem with the with the Dorn storyline is is that nothing really happens. I was re-listening to our finale podcast and I was talking about how I hated Dorn and you're like, Jessica, just explain why you hate Dorn for people. They don't just want to hear that you hate Dorn. My explanation was like, they go to Dorn, they get kidnapped. Well, they Marcella kill some gets people. poisoned, the end. Right. That's true. That's why I hate Dorn. Yeah, over 10 episodes, that's pretty light. That's pretty light. And it's too bad because you've got strong characters in, in Jamie and Braun that didn't really Wasted. get to do much. Wasted. Right. And- Obviously, and like Alaria, who could have been a strong carrier character that became a wasted character, like you, so out of character for her, I feel. You know what I didn't like about Alaria at all in this? Part of my problem with her, yeah, obviously. Part of my problem with her was is that she struck me as somebody who had some guile to them. They were slick. Now, the fateful kiss she plants on Marcella's lips was slick. That's something I could see her doing. That reminds me of the woman that was with Oberyn when they were staying in King's Landing. But I didn't get that impression when she got militant and got the sand snakes and the, the weapons and we're going to attack and we're going to start war and we're going to kill this little girl. That just really came out of the blue for me. I didn't expect it. And I feel like that wouldn't be something Oberyn would be down with, which no. is why I thought it was weird that all of the sisters succumbed to the mother's will and decided that they were going to go on this course of action. We have the quote from Oberyn where he's speaking to Cersei and they're walking in the garden or whatever. And he's like, endured, we don't, we don't hurt little girls. We don't do these things. Yeah, he said it to Cersei. And we, we watch this continue into the conversation between Marcella and Jamie, where she's like, hey, you're my uncle and my dad, but it's cool because in Dorne, like all that shit is cool. Right. Like Dorne is a place that is so open and accepting and they are people who, yes, they can fight a war and they're great fighters, right. but they're not the type of people who would kill a child to get back at somebody. That is not who they are. That's not who Oberyn ever was. 
I mean, Oberyn came to fight the mountain to avenge the death of his sister and her children. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. It's 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 something that he would never have tolerated or been on board with. Right. Which is, it, again, part of our problem with this, the other thing that we were upset about, and the thing that still bothers me when I think about it and when we rewatched it again, was why the fuck would she be so upset that he got killed in single combat in a lawful fight, right? And she shouldn't be, and this is what Prince Doran right. tried to explain to her. Right. He made that choice to go into that fight, and he lost, and that is on him. It's true. He chose to do that. Tyrion didn't even ask him. He volunteered. Right. So she has nothing to gripe about. I'm sorry that she's upset and she lost her man, but Doran is a city of love. Like, she's probably banged, like, 70 other guys there. Just hang out with one. I mean, there's no Oberyn. I understand that. I understand that he's the best there is. I'm looking at his little bobblehead on my shelf right now, and it makes me smile. Mm. He's dead. We've got to move on. There is no Frank and Oberyn, which I feel like someone mentioned earlier that they should make one in the chat, and they should, but there isn't one. Not going to happen. He's gone forever. Head destroyed. So, Unlike some other dead people. Then you got the stuff with Braun. Do you think whatever went on between Braun and the youngest of the Sand Snakes is going to come back and they're going to be allies? Do you think that there's a potential to explore a story there? Why don't we get into some of the things that we think could come as a result of this before we move on? God, I hope not. I hope that we don't have to deal with a Braun romance with Dorn and Romeo and Juliet bullshit. Um I said in the finale recap, good Lord, I hope there's no more Dorn. There's going to be a lot of Dorn. If you read any articles about what's coming next season, they're like, revenge, Dorn, it's coming. So we're going to see a ton of Dorn, obviously. You can't go back to King's Landing. And I know Cersei's got a lot of other shit going on right now, but you can't go back to King's Landing with the body of her daughter and not expect that there's going to be a war. Right. So Okay, so let's talk about the implications of that. Do you think Cersei has the power to rally the forces to go to war with Dorne? I mean, who's going to back her in this? Is is Kevin Lannister going to back her in this? I don't I just don't see him bringing, but I don't know. Maybe maybe Kevin Lannister, maybe maybe the transgression against the girl who was a ward of Dorne right is so extreme. It is. But then you have the problem of the Vale and the problem with the Tyrells and how they're going to be really fucking pissed about this thing going on with Marjorie. I, I, I'm not sure I see Dorne going to war with King's Landing while simultaneously the Vale does, unless we're talking about the end of Cersei and the Lannisters. Honestly, I could see... We, we need to overthrow the High Sparrow and all this religious bullshit because Cersei, That's gonna happen Cersei needs the Martells again. She can't have Marjorie locked up. She needs them to go against Dorne, essentially. Right. We need this alliance to be back in. Why don't we think that... I am of the opinion that Prince Doran is going to quell the possibility of war by offering up Alaria in the sand. And it, I think they're fucked. I think he's going to give them up and say, listen, we're not going to war with you. It doesn't make sense for the Lannisters, you've played the board game, to sail all that fucking <laughs> yeah, way to fight Dorne. It's a long ways away. Yeah, it is. No I one just, even bothers Dorne in the game. I just don't see them committing troops to Dorne in the face of what's going on politically with the White Walkers, with the Boltons, in in the Vale problems, the problem with the High Sparrow, etc. I mean, the High Sparrow can be dealt with um, martially. That's not a problem. The problem comes when you kill a religious guy and all his men that 
you know, people in King's Landing seem to like, then you that's a different repercussion. I'm not sure I see full-scale war in Dorne just yet because I think Prince Doran can mitigate that by maybe offering up Ilaria or maybe we're going to see some intrigue between Ilaria and Prince Dorne where she's trying to get rid of him. I'm not sure. I, I don't... I don't really know what to expect over there. I just think full-scale war for Dorne is not realistic at this point. That's my opinion. I don't know. What do you think about so, that? So if they just say, here is Alaria and the Sand Snakes, we waste an entire season. That's a good point. Like, wasted. It's a great point. What was the point of everything? And they might do it just because it's easier to do that. Right. But then we've wasted so... We already have wasted a ton of shit in, in Dorne. Like, I, I just can't. But yes, it'll be a lot of wasted time and energy and, and wasted acting on people who are, are good actors like like Braun and Jamie are awesome and this is sure. what we wasted them on also let's all remember where is Tristane he's on the same ship as Jamie sailing to King's Landing to be on the small council right and I feel like that is where our our issue is going to come in because Prince Doran can say like well here's Alaria you can have her but let's remember Prince Doran was a fucking dumbass that let Alaria be at the dock seeing them off I think he thought he had her loyalty. No, I, think I know he, scared he thought her. that. I think he thought I scared her enough. She knows no more chances. Next time, I will kill you despite Oberyn's wishes. I think that he thought that, but is that what... Does Jamie know that he thought that? I'm not sure. Is Cersei going to think that he thought that? Because she's fucking not. I can tell you that right now. In the chat, they're saying, uh, historically, nobody can fuck with Dorne, not even dragons. And that's part of their, their house... Uh, I don't know what you call it. They're saying unbowed, unbent, unbroken. You know, that's uh, that's a good point. It's I maybe this starts some sort of intrigue type of heavy border espionage back and forth type of conflict. I'm just not sure all that war happens over this. Maybe not, but I don't know. They have Tristane, and I think that that is where there's going to be a source of things are going to begin. Right. I guarantee you, though, that Jamie's going to try to protect Tristane. I think for his own daughter's sake, she knows he loved him. She knows he's not responsible. She knows he's going to be devastated. He might become an ally against Dorne, this kid, if he thinks Ilaria poisoned sure. her. You know? But let's remember that there's Cersei Lannister, who right. is not smart <laughs> and who is not thoughtful. No, no, and she's who has smart. Overruled- no, no, she's smart, but she's emotional and she jumps to the worst conclusions about people. She already hates Dorne, and we know that she's Jamie's not going to convince her. She's going to convince Jamie. Yeah, she holds the power in that relationship. So that's something. And he's got other shit going on still. I, I mean, she does. I'm sorry. Cersei has other shit going on. A lot of on. shit going on. But. Like the High Sparrow to name one. This is something else that's going to be on her plate, and it's going to be dealt with at some point. Right. I have a feeling that. Well, we'll get to, I don't want to get too far off the beaten path by getting to Cersei. I just kind of want to wrap up my Dorn thoughts. But yeah, there is a lot going on in terms of Dorn and what the implications of the murder of Jamie and Cersei's daughter is going to be. I don't see the show going to war over this, the Dorn in the show going to war over this, but I could be wrong. If we do, it's going to be one major clusterfuck. You got Dorne coming. You got the Knights of the Vale having issues. You got the Army of the Dead moving. You got the Boltons we're trying to unseat. You've got, you know, we're trying to reestablish a Stark in the north. There's a lot of that going on. And uh, it could be a very war-driven season. We're seeing some evidence of that in some of the previews. 
Which, by the way, I don't know if this is spoiler-ish, but I read somewhere that the previews only take from the first two episodes. Oh, wow. That's excellent. So all of you people who are like, oh, my God, Jon Snow's not in the previews, don't fucking worry about it. (laughs) We'll get there. But if... And I know all my predictions are always awful, and they basically spell out death for people. Don't predict Jon Snow yet. We're not there. All right. Hang on to it. Where do you want to go next? Um, Let's see. Let's talk about... Bravos, just because it's next on my Bravos. list and it's kind of easy to go through because it's like Arya cleans dead people, Arya hangs out, little bitch yells at Arya, Arya kills somebody and it's awesome and then goes blind. Gotcha. So that's all you pulled from that summary? I like your sum up. It's pretty strong. I, th- I thought it was pretty good, to be honest with good. you. That's so, what happens, isn't it? <laughs> she gets to Bravos by way of, I'm trying to recall... Uh, she takes the ship, right? Yes, and that's awesome. We end season four on this like, oh, she's off. Going to Bravos, it's going to be awesome. Yep, it's not awesome in Bravos though. She ends up running into the uh, the house of black and white. She starts her faceless man training. I like I like Arya's little journey here. Again, it was cool and mysterious at times, but it definitely moved on the slow side. This is the problem with Arya. Can I say it? Go for it. In season four, Arya spent the season with the Hound, and it was the most incredible thing of my life. This high, season, high point, for sure. Arya cleaned dead bodies, and yeah, she eventually murdered Marin Trant in a super violent way, and that was really cool. But overall, Hold on. it's Marin fucking Trant. Sorry, excuse me. Trying to not swear as much. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you say so. So what I'm trying to say is. When we would cut to Dorn, I'd be like, oh, I want to kill myself, not Dorn again. When we would cut to Bravos, they'd be like, oh, can we just get to the next scene, please, for the most part. It's just there was more exciting stuff happening elsewhere. It wasn't Arya's best season as far as her character being interesting. I'm sure there's more interesting things to come, but it's hard when you have one character completely separated from everybody else. Right. You know what I mean? It's true. When they're not part of the greater political machinations that are going on, it does tend to slow down a little bit unless it's such a big and epic space that it can support its own mystery and intrigue. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying there for sure. And I felt bad for Arya. Like, I just want Arya to find happiness. And she's not finding happiness here. Um, But the best part of it is that she's being told, be no one, be no one, be no one. And we end the season with her being like, I'm Arya Stark and you're no one. And I love that about her. I love that she is who she is and always will be. I hope, I don't know, maybe she's going to become a faceless man, but I don't want that. I don't want that from her. I think she can never really be a faceless man until she decides to toss Needle into the bay. Agreed. I think Needle represents her final piece of connection to her stark name to who she is as a character in aria uh, a character that since the beginning has been really hell-bent on revenge right i mean her yes. whole arc is a revenge driven arc she started as this young girl who wanted to do things that she wanted to do she was not interested in convention she didn't want to get married that's all sansa wanted she was totally the opposite of her yes And then when she lost her family, she toughened up. She always wanted to be a fighter and she became a person bent on revenge. That's what she wants. Love it. Her whole arc is revenge. She wants to get revenge slash justice for the death of her family. She, her, that's inextricably tied to the sword that she's going to use to cross people off her little list. Well, 
She can't toss that sword away, which means she's not quite ready to embrace the faceless men. She's not quite ready to embark on that path, and she has been unable to do that, and she still is unable to do that. You know, when she goes back to see uh, to, to, to see Jacques, and she says, a skinny man wasn't hungry, and he makes a joke like, perhaps that's why he's skinny. In that moment, that is why that, that lie is significant. She exacts her revenge on Marin Trant quite brutally, and it's glorious, but that's not the final person on her list. So the question remains, is Arya Stark going to pursue the Faceless Man path? I don't think so. I think she wants to go to the Faceless Man path purely to exact revenge. Mm -hmm. But the irony here is that in exacting revenge, she is fulfilling her identity as Arya Stark. So there's this weird paradox with her character that I really like. Now, I don't know where her story goes from here because the punishment is she gets blinded. Uh, you have to pay for a life with a life. Yes. Jockin drinks the poison. But it's not really him. Of course it's not. a million other faces because there is no Jockin. There is no anybody. Right. The person that helped her escape that she wanted to come find the Jock and Hagar, that face that she was interested in, is not the person she's been talking to this whole time. Correct. Nobody is anybody there. Right. That's the whole point. The many-faced God. That's yes. the whole idea. Now, the trick is, is what happens now? Does she get expelled from that academy? Is she blind and on the streets? How long is her blindness going to last? Where does she go now? Where does Arya go now? What do you think? I don't know. I don't think she's going to be expelled. I think that this was her punishment. She had her punishment. She has another chance. But I feel like Arya. So you think you think Jacqueline is going to show her some kind of mercy? Yes. And say you're punished and you're going to be blind for a while. Yes, and I and I think someone in the chat said something about Serio Florel, or and that's something that I think matters is that everyone thinks that he is a Bravosi assassin. He's a faceless man, and if he is, and there's that connection, that is still to come. Arya is not going to leave Bravos until we see that. If that is something that is to to come, um, that's an odd one though because Serio Florel isn't really Serio Florel. Just like Jacquem, right, is not right. Jacquem, but right. So I don't know. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's a strange paradox that she finds herself in trying to because if you're not who you are, then all that you were is gone. Thus, the revenge you held should not be a factor, but right. it is. And that's no greater symbolized than where she tucks Needle away into the stones. Yes. And and I think that in general, like, of all the stories, I think Arya's is the hardest to make predictions about. I agree. I have no clue what's going to happen Because you can see no trajectory. No clue. I never would have imagined that her season would have gone this way. Other things you can guess. Like, I can guess what's going to happen with Dorne. I can guess what's going to happen. I can guess what's going to happen with everybody in the show. I sure. have guesses about everybody. Right. Except for Arya. I have no idea. Right. None. How did, were you satisfied with her killing of Marin Trent? Did you feel like he was a character that annoyed you enough to where you felt good about what, what, what his ending was? Now, take out the sexual proclivities he had in right, this right, season. Right. Which I can. All they were doing there was, was trying, trying to make us hate him more. Correct. Yes, I'm I was very satisfied with it because I think we have listened to Arya go through this kill list for seasons. And she here she is and she already had the opportunity to the other guy, um, back when she was with the hound that she killed, right? Right. 
But here she is with this guy who's on her kill list. She has the opportunity to really do something to kill this guy. It has nothing to do with who he is or how bad he is. It's more about this storyline for Arya, where we see her trying to become a faceless man, a faceless assassin, whatever it may be, and she can't. And right. it's worth it to me, not necessarily because of the death of Marin Trant, but because of what it says about Arya and sure. who she is. Sure. Yeah, because because Marin Trant is responsible for Sirio Florel's apparent death. The problem with the apparent death is the fact that we never really get to see that enough to be emotionally bothered by Marin Trant. However, he is a, a douche. total douche. Just looking throughout. at him, he looks like oh, a douche. Absolutely. Oh, my God. When he testifies against Tyrion, like everything he's ever done, he is the worst. And uh, it's good to see him go. And yes, his sexual nature made it easier to watch him go and gave us a little bit more of a visceral and emotional response. But it was... it. it it didn't do much for me. I didn't, I wasn't jumping up and down going, get that motherfucker. Right. It didn't, right. I wasn't as emotionally connected to it as I was. And like you said, I cannot predict further where this is going to go. So no clue, no clue. Let, uh, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you for one prediction. Do you think Arya will meet up with any of her family members by the end of this season? Yes. I think she's going to meet up with somebody she knows, but I think it's going to be at the very, very end. Do you think it'll be a family member or just somebody she knows? No, fam- no. I don't think she'd be a family Because that would only member. be, what, Sansa and... Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all she got. <laughs> and the dead Jon Snow. Yeah, that's it. And Sansa, who may be dead, except that we've seen pictures of her alive, so she know we know she didn't jump to her death, which people no, were... But people were saying that on the internet, I listened to our finale podcast. On the internet, people were like, oh, Sansa committed suicide. What? And they were surprised that people didn't think that. You should listen back to the podcast. We yeah. had this discussion about how people are stupid, basically. Wow, that's not nice of you. So maybe she'll meet up with somebody by the end of the season, but it'll be the very end, if anything. Okay. All right. I like it. Or it'll be a big thing for the season after. I think she's going to be in Bravos. Moving along. Where are we going to next? I mean, do we want to get into the freaking snow or should we just do Marine now? Let's do Marine. stay with, you know, our sunshiny states. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in the warm climate for now. Okay. So let's get to Marine. Marine is pretty extensive. There's yeah. a lot that happens in Marine. Yes. Uh, we start with the Sons of the Harpy become a thing. And they have do, creepy masks do, and we like it. We like their do, music. Do, 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 do. Or whatever. They like that Darth Maul music. Uh, Darth um, Maul music. Oh my God. They're revolting against our lovely queen. Talk to me a little bit about this and let's talk about some of the losses suffered. And let's talk about Danny's growth arc here. It's pretty significant. Yeah, I think this is a great season for Danny. I feel like in season four, we were a little like, oh, Danny, what's going on here? Um, the Marine stuff is a lot more interesting to me this season because we have the meeting up with Tyrion, the reuniting with Jorah, yes. a lot of things going on. Um, but to start, we have the Sons of the Harpy um, who are revolting against Danny, who are killing people, killing the Unsullied, just like yes. nobody's business, and also killing Barristan and Selmy, which... Brings my serious character death toll up to three, I think. And I don't like it. Yeah. Named character death toll, I'll call it. I like it. Yeah. It's, um, we're seeing that Danny has to figure out the difference between conquering and ruling. Yes, which is very important. This is a big part of her character arc. Should she be merciful? Should she be ruthless? How does she find that balance? And that was the testing ground this season for her. And, and we see that she needs help and she realizes right. that um, 
especially after watching what happens with the sons of the harpy who like put gray worm into what do you call them movie comas yeah you know? yeah movie they put comas. him into a movie coma for like seven episodes and they basically kill the coolest old guy i've ever known right I, I like Barrison sell me how he tells a bunch of great stories and you're like, this guy's the best. And then like you start to get that sinking feeling like, oh, every time I think somebody's the best, they die. Right. And then that's exactly what happens. But he dies like a fucking champ and I love everything about it. He does. Yeah. So we he we lose him to the harpies. The harpies are striking out like assassins. They're the common person. They're part of this order. They throw on masks that they bring with them. They don They're the fucking mask. cool as shit, it's by the excellent. way. I want to go to like, I don't know. Do people have parties where you wear masks still? Not like sex parties. Like, like just, eyes wide shut? No. <laughs> just like mask parties. They like, I don't bad, know. Don't people thing. do that? <laughs> they did a bad, bad thing. Like that party? No, I don't want to go to an eyes wide shut party, but I I guess I'll be, maybe I could wear Sons of a Harpy mask for Halloween. I guess that might be my only chance. That's cool. Awesome. You're going to cut the throats of the innocent? Obviously. I mean. It's Halloween. Hello. Why am I going to let people live? I saw the a purge. masquerade. Yes. Thank you. How Stark remembers. I want to go to a masquerade <laughs> or a house, a house, a Sons of the Harpy mask. Boosh. There you have it. All right. So she. The fighting pits is the big thing. I know that's a big thing, but also let's talk about um, what's the name of that guy that she kills Masu Masa dude or, or whatever she oh yeah she kills him bro I don't know his name it's that's a big deal notes. though but Sorry. that's part of but it but it is so, a big deal right her her killing that guy is a big his deal we don't know so he can't go on my list of named people that die sorry her her executing him is a big deal she he killed a lot he killed a son of the harpy it was not his life to take she says and she has her boy Dario kill this guy, execute him publicly, and uh, it doesn't go over well with the common folk. No. They hiss at her. They hiss in her general direction. Which is very awkward. And then they throw rocks and shit at her, and they have to rush her out of there. And this is where she really struggles in a leadership capacity. She executes this kid. It does not go over well. She has to show that there are consequences for breaking her laws. So there is a... What do you... We. I mean, I know we talked about it, but... I feel like if she is going to be respected, she has to go through some of these things to ensure that she's maintaining order and maintaining the promises that she puts forth. Right. But I don't think that what she did was smart. Right. There's this thing called the trial and, you know, yeah. shit like that that you can do to keep from having a total meltdown on your hands, which sure. is what ends up happening. Right. Which is what turns into reopening the fighty fighting pits and her marrying his Zarzolarak and but but it's it's good that this went poorly for her because this going poorly for her helped her realize that she has to do certain things and has to make certain um right sacrifices and what she wants one of the things that's interesting about danny's storyline is is that we see her make mistakes that's yes. that's good writing it's hard to make a character it's hard to put a character in a position story-wise to make mistakes and not lose the character right Stannis burned Shireen. He lost the audience for the most part. But, and it was, it turned out to be a mistake. It didn't help, right? It, he was going off the oh, what ifs. Get there. We beat that to death on the episode. But we're going to beat it to death Danny, again, guys. <laughs> Danny makes mistakes, and we're going, damn, that's, that's, this kind of backfired because the whole Marine plot boils down to I need to respect these people. I don't want to open the fighting pits. I don't respect their culture. She's being a conqueror, not a leader. 
She's conquering them. She's taking their culture away. She's freeing the slaves. She's closing the fighting pit. She's, she's trying to be this occupying force that changes this culture and bends them to her will. There's some good things there, right? The freeing of the slaves. There's, there's good ethical movements that she's fighting taking. Fighting pits are actually shitty. Right, when you're a slave. She opens them to or free in men. in general, like, who wants to watch people murder each other, except for Michael Vick murdering dogs. He liked that stuff. That has nothing to do with it. It was a terrible comparison because the dogs are not willing participants. No, I know, but I'm saying that's the type of person who likes to watch death. Yeah, I guess, but it's well, tough. Well, you already brought him up, so. It's tough, to put, it's tough to put a modern ethical sensibility on gladiatorial pits from a, I know it's a fantasy realm, but you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the Roman people did it. Were they all amoral savages when they Probably. went to... I don't know about that. Well, I don't know. The idea of watching <laughs> people murder each other sure. kind of turns me off. In 2016, of course. Well, anyway, my point is, is is that she is struggling with appeasing these cultures. She's struggling with her own sensibilities and applying it to these cultures and their customs. But her trick is, is that she has to balance it out. She has to figure out what works and what doesn't because she can't just conquer people. She has to be a leader if she expects people to follow her to Westeros, which is her ultimate goal. If she can't rule Marine, she could never rule Westeros. Just forget about it. It's just not going to happen. And that's part of Danny's issues, and that's part of what she struggles with. And this is why we enter Tyrion. Right. A whole long list of mistakes she makes. That leads to them revolting on her and trying to murder her and, her and her and all of her cohorts in the fucking fighting pit that she reopened. Right. Should we talk about how Tyrion's journey to Marine before we get Let's into the it. fighting pit itself? Okay. Go for it. So Tyrion's the best. Let's start with that. Um, he starts out the season in a box because he murdered his dad and it was awesome. <laughs> and a prostitute. No big deal. Um, this is great because we get the Tyrion and, and Varys show and we get to a point where we're like, okay, like let's move it along, meet up with Danny, and then he gets kidnapped by Jorah, which is awesome. And then we get the Tyrion and Jorah show, which is also great. That was great. And I feel like none of it was longer than it should have been. We had a great amount of time with Tyrion and these other certain characters, which I really liked. We got to see more of Jorah, how Tyrion interacted with him, which was very, yep. very interesting, very entertaining. And we get to see where Jorah is, which is that he's still under this assumption of, I'm going to take you to the queen. And Tyrion assumes Cersei, but to Jorah, it's Daenerys. And that's still all he cares about. He wants to bring Danny a sacrifice, basically, to reinstate him in her good graces. Right. That's all he cares about. Right. So let's talk about all these dynamics. The first I want to get to is Varys and Tyrion. I love their interaction because... It's fascinating that of all the people in Westeros, and we know because we're big fans, but that Varys believes in Tyrion enough to take this risk to get him to Pentos so they can eventually get to Marine, because he thinks that she, that Danny will benefit from the help of Tyrion. Yes, this is a great, great scene, this conversation between them of a great leader someone who's going to change things and Tyrion not believing that person exists. Right. And when Vera says, maybe it's not a he, yes. we all know he's talking about Danny. We yes. all know what is about to happen. And that's exciting. We're about to have two of our favorite characters uh, in the show, two of the most popular characters meet up for the first time. And there's nothing more exciting in this show 
than when two characters you already know and love are going to meet each other for the first time. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yep, it's great. This is exciting. And we had a great build up to it. And honestly, they could have dragged it out all season long, but they didn't. We still get to see the two of them together, albeit for a short amount of time. But Right. Yeah. John said the same thing on Facebook, but it's true. Anytime you get two characters that you're very familiar with that you then get to see me for the first time, it's always fireworks. It's always fun. It's always exciting. And we see Varys trying to ply his trade. Varys has always served the realm. That's something he has said since the beginning. I serve the realm. I do not serve Tywin. I do not serve Eddard Stark. I do not serve Robert Baratheon. I serve the fucking realm. And he's always been that way. And it's his belief that Danny and Tyrion represent the best chance at the realm. And I like it. I'm on board. I am voting for them. I like it a lot next- too election. And I think Tyrion is not really a believer until he sees the goddamn dragon. That is oh, a huge yeah. huge moment, a huge turnaround when uh, he, he ends up getting captured by Jorah. Jorah who wants nothing more than to return to the good graces of of Danny Targaryen. Is Jorah not the most adorable, honestly? He is. He has nothing. Jorah's life is rough. Because he was involved with the slave thing, because he got banished by Ed, Ned Stark, because he was out pushed way out here, he has nothing. And I think he felt very useful when he was with Daenerys. And also he was in love with her. Right. All part of the same thing. It's all it's it's the source of everything he holds dear is her. And when she boots him, that's rough. He he has no he's a man with no country, essentially. Right. He has nothing. He has nothing to look forward to, nothing that he can use to, nothing fulfilling in his life. And it's funny that we see these, that him and Tyrion in this position. Tyrion, here we have this guy who has nowhere else to go himself. He's very much like Jorah in that sense. Where am I going to go? What are my options? So he wants to go check out this Daenerys Targaryen based on what Varys said. Here you got Jorah going, I want to return. I want to get back. And they're on that boat. And whenever Drogon passes overhead, it's it's brilliant. It's in that moment where you see Tyrion become a believer. He's like, holy shit. It, it's very epic and just incredible right. to, to see that from Tyrion's perspective. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's wonderful to behold. Uh, and then they take that boat into Valyria where we learn that it was once uh, a city that was destroyed by a volcano. They sent their stone men there, the people who got sick, uh, much the like grayscale, with the grayscale. Which Shireen will tell us that story all yep. about grayscale. Spared death of grayscale because of her father, uh, and then they go into this. They go into this thing. They get attacked. They almost die. This is scary. It's like, very this, scary. This is a yep. great, like a very tense scene. Uh, especially knowing that just being touched by these people can, well, basically sign your death warrant. And it's great when they're on the beach. And Tyrion says he's fine. And Jorah says he's fine. He walks away and we see that he has grayscale. Right. Um, and listen, I have a soft spot for Jorah Mormon. I don't know if it's because one time somebody made me a picture of Jorah with a puppy. I don't know, but I just do. Right. I love him. And now I know he's dead, no matter what. I know he's not just going to die from grayscale. I know that he's going to do something epic and amazing, and that's how he's going to die. <laughs> but Jorah Mormon's dead, right? He's got another season left, basically, before he sacrifices himself to save the I don't know how I don't know how fast it moves, but I'm guessing... Not even that the grayscale is going to kill him. I just I just think that 
especially now that he has it. We're not going to watch him turn into a stone man. He's going to die far before that. Who knows? That's could my be, guess. Could become the stuff of poetry. I don't know, but I just, I love Jorah more. Another important thing that happens with Jorah is he finds out about his father's death from a stranger in Tyrion. Yes. And, and I like this scene because Tyrion is speaking kindly of Jorah's father and he feels bad. He doesn't realize that he's the person who broke the news, basically. Right. Um, it's a very human conversation between the two of them. Yeah. And Jorah reacts in a way that's, you can tell it means a lot to him that his father meant a lot to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he always wanted to do his father proud and uh, he didn't get to see him much after he went, he took the black and then he got banished. It was, it was tough. Their, their relationship suffered and then he died because of Carl fucking Tanner. What a douche that guy treachery. was. Don't worry, he died in a painful manner, so it's fine. Sword through the back of the head and mouth. And um, yeah, he finds out about it out here with uh, with Tyrion, which is which is pretty wild. But I do like I do like the Tyrion in the Jorah show. I think it was a uh, it was very well done. So the men end up getting grabbed by some slavers, and then they get sold. And uh, from here, Tyrion is so scrappy and smart, and gets himself sold, even though nobody wants him. Talking about his dwarf cock. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. <laughs> very good. Very good work from Tyrion. <laughs> yes. Yes. But eventually he finds himself after some battles in the midst of Danny once again. The Jorah arc is awesome because we see the lengths he's willing to go through to be in her presence. He's willing to get into a fighting pit and to kill men to be with her. And this, the moments in the episode, what's it called? Dragon, Dancing Dragons? Is that the one where they go crazy with the fire? The ninth episode? That's the one where Jorah kills the son of the harpy and she, Danny flies off on the dragon. Yep. I think. So that's what I'm talking about. So they're in the fighting pit. Jorah's murdering people. And we see this ghost, so to speak, returning to haunt Danny. This man twice banished. Yes. Now twice banished. Twice banished. He has returned yet again. She just can't get rid of, rid of him. She's seeing the lengths he's going to to do that. And this battle. is hard for Danny because she doesn't ever want to banish Jorah because Jorah is, I, I don't know, you, you, Danny cares for him. Right. Not like he cares for her, obviously, but she still cares for him. It's hard for her every time she has to do this shit. Right. And uh, there's a couple of tense moments where he's battling in the pit and he, he isn't doing so well. He looks like he could be done. And watching watching uh, Daenerys's restraint and how she has to deal with he could die, and even Tyrion is like, you can stop this but because he, Tyrion also cares for Jorah at this point. But he can't. She can't. Oh, she certainly. I mean, if she wanted no, to. No, no, no. I know she has the but power. She knows she can't. Right. Right. Then she would be again treading on these traditions. She's lucky he gets out of it. And then, of course, the this uh, little Sons of the Harpy coup occurs, and they just start cutting throats. Her very short-lived husband, Hisdar, another move she does by marrying yes. him to try to cement some Hisdar Zolarak. Um, I don't know if we'll ever find out, but I'm still convinced that he was in on the attack of Sons of the Harpy. That's why he was late to the fight and that he just got killed in the crossfire. Like, And that was a shitty thing because he was supposed to be with them. I really think that he was involved. Yeah. I really do. I'm adding him to my death toll. Four named characters are dead now. Nice. Perfect. You got all of them? We sure? Yeah, four named characters. Okay. We lost um, Marcella. We lost uh, Marin Trant. Yep. We lost hmm, Hisdar Zolarak. Yeah. Who else? Um, she executed that guy. 
Oh, oh, Barristan Selby. Oh, yeah, duh. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed that I forgot Barristan <laughs> Selby. Good Lord. You should be fired from How the can podcast. I remember Marin Tran over him? I should actually write down the names. Well, there you have it. All right. So, and then the dragons show up. You know, the dragons were a point of contention for her, weren't they? Or was that last season where she locked them up and stuff? I honestly can't remember which season it was. Oh. I think it was this one because... That Drogon returns her at one point, lands on the thing. Yeah, because the other two are locked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's really sad, especially for me, because it just makes me think of like dogs and like <laughs> whatever. How sad it is. Like, I don't know. Can you imagine if that was like your dog and you just locked him somewhere and had to walk away from them? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How Stark remembers that that was last season. She'll so be we here. to talk about it. She'll be here all season, guys. How many times do you think she'll. <laughs> Guys, all right, listen, here's what we're going to do. For every time she mentions dogs, we're going to keep a ticker. And the person closest at the end that wins is going to get a free t-shirt. What if there's like a lot of ghosts in the season and he is a dog? Yeah. Or like Summer, like then what? It's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's going to be edited out when you guys won't hear Stella barking our dog, but that wasn't Stella barking. That was Jessica barking, calling her brethren, <laughs> her fucking canine brethren. I'm a were dog. I guess. As long as you take yourself out, I don't care. All right. Anything else we want to talk about with Marine? Yeah, Danny flies off on a dragon. Yep. The um, dragon arriving, honestly, when it's fucking amazing. It's it's incredible the way he torches those people. That is I looked around the room when we were watching it, and people just had tears rolling down their face. When Drogon arrived, that music came in. What room did that happen in? Uh the room where we watch it with your sister and her BF. It was the BF crying, right? Uh, yeah, a couple people crying. It was adorable. I was one of them. And he was, and Drogon was just torching these fucks. And uh, it was incredible. It was a great moment in television. It was very emotional. The music was perfect. And then Danny's like, I'm such a good leader. See ya, motherfuckers. Really bad special effects while I fly off of my dragon. There you have it. Um, and this is where we get um, Tyrion's going to stay and he's going to be the voice behind the city while Masande and Grey Worm rule, which I'm really out on, since Grey Worm was in a coma for half the season. And also, I don't really like him anymore. If Tyrion wasn't there, they'd be fucked. Honestly. If Tyrion wasn't there, they would be screwed. Oh, for sure. For so. sure. All right. Well, where do you want to go to now? Oh, can we just talk about Danny getting picked up by the Dothraki? Because we should probably mention that. Yeah, we'll that wrap on that. And let's, and let's throw out some predictions. We haven't done that for Marine yet. So Danny gets picked up by some Dothraki soldiers mm -hmm. and she takes off her ring, um, which is to leave a breadcrumb for her bros to find her because Jorah and Dario are coming to get her. And I know this because it says this on the HBO behind the scenes. And I know that it says that on HBO because I re-listened to our old podcast where I also made this point. So Boom. anyway, so that's what's going on with Danny right now. Yep. She's with her old people. How do we think they are going to, what do you think they're going to do with her? What? How, how do you think this goes down? I mean, the preview suggests she's a prisoner. And I am certain she will start out that way. But just as I was when we watched the finale, I am certain that when she heads to Westeros, the Dothraki are going to be with her. Ooh. I think that over the course of the season, I, I really do. I think that she'll be the Khaleesi again. That I, I feel the, pretty good about that. How do you think she does that when, when Drogon shows up and they go, holy Gosh, fucking know. shit. That is a huge horse. I mean, <laughs> that is I the biggest horse. The whole show, but. That's the biggest horse we've ever seen. 
Yeah, I'm also I'm also low on predictions for for uh, her, but I think you're right. I think she's going to win over the Dothraki with the help of Drogon. I'm not sure if it's going to be by force uh, or through inspirational leadership or maybe a combination of both. But uh, I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. Uh, also, I have a prediction that concerns me, which is that we're going to get a lot of Tyrion, but that means we're going to get a lot of Masande and Grey Worm, which I'm really <laughs> not going to like. Yeah, I don't want Tyrion paired with my least favorite power couple. Gotcha. What are the chances Tyrion bangs Missandei? I mean, she seems to be into Grey Worm, and he doesn't have a penis. Oh, excuse so... me, a pillar. He doesn't have a pillar, or maybe he has a pillar and no stones, or the other way around. We don't know. But that would be weird. Like, why would you? Get yeah, rid of why the would you keep the stones? Why would you keep the bag if you get rid of the? I feel stick, like definitely you know? the stones are gone, but the pillar is questionable. But I also feel like either way. Mm. I don't know. My biggest fear is actually seeing that. The Unsullied must be great box munchers. I mean, if they have no pillar and stones, I don't know. That's got to be their go-to. But uh, bummer. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. What do you What do you think? I, I have this feeling that Tyrion is really going to turn around Marine, And Agreed. I think I think he's going to figure shit out. The problem is that he's a foreigner. Again, we ha- it all comes back to But that's why foreigners. he's going to use Masandi and Grey Worm as his mouthpiece. Right, because they're not foreigners. Exactly. That's why they, I like your style. So you think he's going to kind of pull a Machiavellian move and, and play from he's the shadow? He's gonna be the man behind the curtain. I like your style. I like it. I think you're right. That's right. I think. I think. And I think the. Uh, I think. But he'll still have problems. He's still gonna have to deal with the harpy problem. He's still gonna have to deal with all that. He's gonna have issues. It's gonna be. You know. It's not like now that she's gone that they're all gonna be like, all right, cool, we're down with Missandei and Grey Worm because they're clearly not. But. Yeah, again, literally a million sons of the harpy tried to murder Grey Worm. Scotty, throw it out there. Scotty B says, pure spec, Dario is shadow leader of the harpies. That would be amazing. That would be badass. That would be fucking cool. That would be a great twist. Great. I would really, and then I'd be like, oh, sorry, Hizar Zolarak. I thought you were really the bad guy. Giving him info. Boom. It's really Dario. That would be really cool. And then Jorah would be like, Khaleesi, I was right. We can be together. Can you say that in the Jorah voice? Not right now. Ugh. Not on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> so that's what Jorah would say. But then it's he would remember. The, <laughs> it's not the year, Khaleesi. It's the mileage. <laughs> but then Jorah would remember he has grayscale and he actually can't be with Khaleesi and then he'll probably off himself. Perhaps if we could wrap my arm in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how grayscale works. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how grayscale works, but I don't think that's it. And then you can wrap my other arm in a bag. Um, so yeah, I like it. I uh, I am excited to see where Marine goes from here now that Tyrion's there. Tyrion obviously makes any place better. Tyrion is such a good character. Dinklage is such a good actor who has such a command over Tyrion that no matter where he is, you're interested. Agreed. He's just great. All right, so do we want to say anything else about Marine? I'm good on Marine, I think. All right, we're fully up to speed with Marine, and uh, let's move on. Where do you want to go? This is kind of hard because I feel like we should do the veil in Winterfell and then we should do Stannis and the Wall together as a group. Okay. And I know like the veil and no, whatever. Let, yeah, let's do that together as a group and I want to end at the wall. So let's do King's Landing next. All right, let's do it. And then we'll do all the northern, northernness. Northernness. That's right. So uh, Lancel Lannister is like, hey. I am a sparrow. I cut my hair. Dean hates when people cut their hair, so. Yeah, I loved him with his long golden locks. Typically when people cut their hair, it's signifying that they're turning evil. So, <laughs> this is appropriate. I wanted to 
run my hair through those golden locks and gaze upon his. You want to run your hair through his hair? Yeah. Yeah, and some wild. You want some, to braid it together? I want to do some wild tail sex like Avatar with him. No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, he came back jacked too. Guy was lifting weights in the off season, no doubt. Yeah, same. So uh, he shows up as uh, this sparrow guy. Yeah. Following the wedding of Marjorie and uh, Tommen. So that gets all cemented. Yeah, that's adorable. Can we talk about Sir Pounce and how he's adorable? Or was that last season? Nope. Because he's a cat, not a dog, everybody. Don't you put did it say on your dog, tally. however. So that doesn't there it count is. if I don't actually talk about one. Okay. Well, I think it does. So we'll see. What do you think overall about King's Landing? I think it was interesting. I think it was an interesting way for them to go where Cersei found something that she felt like she could use to take down Marjorie, but then it turned on her where she had to answer for the things she did wrong. Okay. I think that that's an interesting way to go. I know that's not in the books, or I'm pretty sure it's not in the books. Um, So it's interesting. Cersei's kind of at the top of the world, like thinking like she can get everything exactly how she wants it. And then it turns on her. And that's kind of like... She's doing great right up until Tyrion dies and... Excuse me, right up until Tywin dies and Tyrion escapes. And she still thinks she's doing great for a while. But then she realizes that... Once it, it turns Tommen's on married, her, right. basically everything turns on her. Um, That's when she decides. What happens is, is, is that I think you got Tywin dying, Tyrion escaping, Jaime gone. She's got no friends around. Kevin Lannister tells her in the small council meeting, "I'm not going to be your lapdog," and he storms out. Yeah, he's not interested in this bullshit. And then you look at the table of small council members, and you're like, "Look at these fucking chuckleheads. They're going to run King's Landing." I mean, this is a disaster waiting to happen, right? It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And Oberyn's gone. He was on the small. Yeah, all the small council is 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 a bunch of goofballs. You it's got Mace Tyrell. Mace Tyrell, the biggest dummy of all time. Like he's such a caricature. I don't even know. Pycelle, I can't even look at him. Kevin Kyburn. Kyburn. Right? Yeah, Pycelle, who's basically being pushed out. Right. Kyburn, who a sycophant, as they call they him. They all are, except um, Kevin. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So it's at this moment where and Tom I think, has nothing to do with it, by the way. And he's the king. Just want to throw that out there. Right. She's still sitting in ruling over the small council. She's still trying to control everything. Now, the power vacuum as a result of Tywin's death is pretty strong. And I think she starts to realize that she doesn't have a lot of allies. And that's why she goes to the faith militant. She knows that once Marjorie has her quote unquote claws in her son, the Tyrells get involved with King's Landing. Marjorie and Tommen are super powerful. She realizes in a conversation with Marjorie that I don't have control over Tommen anymore, number one. Number two, I don't even have a title. I'm just a Lannister woman who's unwed. I'm the queen mother? The fuck does that do? The dowager queen? Yeah, yeah. Marjorie's confused. Which one is she? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I then love suddenly Cersei's confused and she realizes that she has to do something. So she employs the faith militant, the high sparrow, because she knows that she can attack the Tyrells where it hurts. She can go after them. She, she can go after Loris for buggery and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she sets this thing in motion. Now, the High Sparrow is slick the way he says, you know, we're going to stamp out all corruption. Yes. That's great because you don't know what the fuck that means. It's, it could mean anything. It's, it could mean her, but she's so arrogant that she doesn't realize that that's exactly. a possibility. She 
doesn't put together that this is something that could turn its head on her, and boy, does it ever. Correct. But she masterfully plays the game. She gets Marjorie locked up. Elena comes to town because she's pissed. She's a badass grandma. She is badass. Who is not a badass? In this show? Tommen really vanishes. I think that we get a lot of that people who were very heavy on in the first few episodes because Marjorie also becomes kind of a non-entity. We know it's because she's locked up, but still, we totally lose Tommen. I mean... Yep, he locks himself away. Yeah, it's... Listen, I want more Tommen. I'm going to be honest. Do you think Tommen's going to make it out of the season? No. You think he's going to die? 100%. As a result of these wars? I don't even think he's going to make it to episode nine for a big epic death. Yeah, I don't think they're going to waste nine on him. Put that prediction down, people. But then again, he'll probably live forever because when I say people are going to die, that's not when they die. It's when I swear by their life. (laughs) Just like, again, I would like to point out the people I said were unkillable. Oberyn followed by Jon Snow and I'm pretty sure Daenerys Targaryen. Let's hope that I'm not on that one. How Stark says episode three death in the chat. We said that in the um, finale episode, which I was just listening to. But then we're like, is that two on the nose because of Joffrey? <laughs> Joffrey goes in two, though. You, that's in, right? Is he going two? Yeah, we've made this mistake before. I'm pretty sure he goes in two. I don't know. I just know we were wrong last time we watched it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be pretty intense. We She does her walk of shame, right? Yeah. She can we, gets caught. Can I just say about the walk of shame again? And I know I've already said this a million times. But re-watching this episode again for whatever, the third time I've seen this episode, the fourth time I've ever seen this episode, it's still too fucking long. Right. Okay? It's too long. It's like minutes too long. Right. Really. It's bad. Is it as long as is how much you're going to mention it? Like, is Probably. it- Probably. Do you think it'll ever be that <laughs> She's looking at me with daggers. The odds of me murdering you are so high. <laughs> There's people in the chat like quoting things that I say. If Ollie kills Jon Snow, I'm committing suicide. Yep, I said that. <laughs> yeah, and you're still here. There are a lot of things I threatened to commit suicide about, so yeah. Perhaps the Night King resurrected you as well. I don't know. Perhaps. Um, and yes, you care about Cersei and you're like, oh, I feel bad for her. I'm sorry that I wish this all on her, but it's still too long. I wish that after two minutes. All right. So she's done her walk of shame. We know for a fact that there, the penance here probably isn't really a thing. Now, let's let's kind of wrap this. Let's kind of wrap this into something logical. The King's Landing storyline was really the Cersei storyline. Yes, because Marjorie didn't get a chance to do much. She just had this rise and then a quick fall, and she mm-hmm. got imprisoned. She didn't do much. We got to learn about the Sparrow character, who was interesting. He was a very non-biased judger of people based on what he believes is some. Law of the Seven Kingdoms. Lost. That's the the. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What was that movie he was in that we did a podcast about? Um, something wicked this way. Yeah, comes. that's right. He's so, a creep. So we have this Cersei story because that's really what it comes down to. Which is, of course, because we start with her backstory episode, right. her flashback, right. and it is it's the Cersei story for sure. We're supposed to understand her better, which I think that we do. But she's still a bad guy. And a bad person. Right. And I think she's going to be a bad person next season. Right. I think no matter how much you humanize her, she is still who she is. Right. I think that's what's interesting about Game of Thrones in general, though. All the characters have a three-dimensional twist to them. They all have uh, good and bad parts of them. They all compromise themselves. They all do things sometimes that we hope they don't do. Some more than others. 
Cersei is definitely somebody that's hard to root for. For sure. Unless I hate her enemies more than I hate her, and that's the high sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's if like she wants to kill Ramsay Bolton. Then it's like a toss up. It's like who do you hate more? Right. Probably the dick cutter, but I don't know. Yeah, rapist dick cutter. I guess him. Who like had a girl die by being eaten by dogs, and that doesn't count as a dog. It absolutely either because it counts. happened. It happened. All right, let's try to stay on course here. I was staying on course. So that at the end of it, we see her long walk. We see Kyburn and Franken Mountain. Franken Mountain. That's going to be a problem Huzzah. for the High Sparrow and all his men. Okay, do you think because there's a Franken Mountain that there's a chance that the Hound is still alive? There's some talk Not on the internet. Not because the about Hound this. is going to be a Franken Hound, but because does Hound count as dog? <laughs> no, no. Okay, fair no. enough. No, stop. How Stark remembers you stop that. Um, okay. So. And she's talking to people in the chat for people on the podcast. You just have to specify because they don't know what you're talking I about. I know. I'm sorry. People, how Stark in the in the chat says that was two dog mentions in the same sentence or up to three. They're counting how many times I talk about and now that it's word. Five. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get pulled so too anyways, back far to the hound. off course back with the to dog the hound. stuff. Okay. Because there's a Franken mountain and the mountain is not dead. So. Here are epic ways that we kill off the mountain. A character who has really fucked some people over. Oberyn kills him, and that's amazing. Still in my dreams, that's what happened. But it didn't happen. He did. He brought him back to life. Yes, I, I know. Okay. So that's great. Oberyn killed him. So that's great. So we had one epic thing. But now that he's still alive, isn't the only real way that we can kill off the mountain and it be satisfying if it's by the hand of the hound? I guess. But what is there a beef there? It's his brother who burned his face in a fire. Yeah, I guess. And there's a pretty big beef, I think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that when someone burned your face in a fire and you're so traumatized by it that you have to tell Arya Stark the story and you won't let her cauterize your wound. Right, but those men served together before they were ever separated and it's not like he was hell-bent on revenge for his brother at that time when they were fighting together. I'm not saying it's like hell-bent on revenge. I'm just saying that that seems to me that that would be a fitting closure to both their stories if I'm the hound, I go after Brienne, <laughs> the bitch that killed me. I'm just trying to find a way where the hound is still alive. I know you are. It's adorable. <laughs> and hound doesn't count. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, what what's the High Sparrow and the, milit- the Faith Militant's fate? I think they're gone by episode four. How? Cersei makes shit happen. Because so- she's going to get Jamie back. She's going to have the Franken Mountain. She's going to say, Tommen, let's get shit done. She's going to call Kevin Lannister and say, look what happened. And also Marcella's dead. So then we got to deal with that. Okay. And we're going to rally the troops here. I have a feeling that if you're right, that Queen Marjorie could be in deep shit. Yeah. If if Cersei is, if, if Marjorie's still locked up by the Faith Militant and now Cersei's back and she re-exerts power while Marjorie's still jailed, then you're going to have a big problem because Marjorie is still locked up. I think we lose both of the young Tyrells next season. I think we lose Marjorie and we lose um, Loras. I have a feeling that this that this Marjorie thing, her being locked up, if Cersei does not relent on this, it's going to cause m- m- troops from Martell, uh, troops from Jesus Martell, <laughs> Tyrell. It's going to cause Tyrell troops to probably make a move on King's Landing. I don't know. I just don't see them allowing the queen to be locked up by the queen mother and not do something about it forcibly. I think the first order of business is, is that Cersei has to decide what she's going to do with the high sparrow and the faith militant. She obviously hasn't repented. She hasn't seen things through another light. 
they're going to... Well, she's going to bang Jamie in episode one, let's be honest. Right. I have a feeling that if the High Sparrow still has some power in King's Landing, despite the fact that Frank Mountain and Jamie are back, I mean, it's only two guys, right? If he still has power, I think Tommen could be in trouble because they know he's a child of incest. Yes. I, they could go after him. Tommen's if, dead, for sure. Let's be honest. Tommen's right. going to die. I've said let's be honest like 17 times. We need to put that on like my things I can't say. Okay. Um, Tommen is definitely dead. But here's the thing. It's not just like Cersei has a couple of people, so what can she do? It's that previously Cersei didn't want to do anything. She was empowering the faith militant. Right. I got you. Now that she wants to do something, she's going to be able to make something happen. Yep. I feel. Yep. I also feel like even though Kevin Lannister's pissed at her, he's not going to abide by her having been imprisoned by them. No. The the Faith Militant are doomed. 100%. They're totally doomed. We're going to close the storyline up before we're halfway through the season. It's going to be, it's not even going to last that long. I think they're doomed based on, they're just going to call them treasonous. They're going to have to do something. But I, I just don't see them surviving based on the fact that they locked up Cersei, they locked up Marjorie, they might go after Tommen. They locked up Loras Tyrell. I mean, they're locking up the rulers of the kingdoms. You know, they're, that's just not going to fly in the long term. And I think uh, I think they're going to feel the wrath and they're going to be in deep shit. And that's that. I agree. Now, let us move. Okay, so where do you want to talk about next? We're going to start with um, my main man, Peter Baelish, a.k.a. Littlefinger. Nice. And what's going on in the Vale? Let's do it. What is going on in the Vale? He's, you know, thinking that Robin Aaron is going to become some king. Not that he's going to become a king, but basically he's in charge of the Vale right now. So uh, Littlefinger wants to send him off to train to be a great soldier and blah, blah, blah. So he sends him to House Royce. Yeah. He just wants to get rid of him, essentially. Yes, he does. Get him out of the way. Because he has plans for Sansa Stark. He has. He does have plans for Sansa Stark. His love interest. What do you think his plans are? Well, his plans are to send her to the north, marry her to the Boltons for Stannis's army to beat the Boltons, him to join Sansa as her lover and husband. Gentleman while lover? She, yes, her gentleman lover <laughs> while she rules the north because she's a Stark. I like your style. Those are Littlefinger's plans. And where is he going to rule? In Stark, in, in, uh, well, in Winterfell with her? I mean, he's going to be her gentleman lover, so he's going to have some control there. Sure. I see. I see. Interesting. So let's go ahead and uh, go. Uh, let's start at the beginning of this. Sure. Let's do it. Okay. What's the first thing you want to talk about? Well, we already talked about Robin Aaron, blah, blah. That stuff's boring. Yep. Um, so he starts to take Sansa to, to Winterfell. Yes. Um, somewhere even Cersei can't reach her, basically, is what he says. And this is where we see that Brienne, who couldn't hook up with Arya yep. due to the Hound situation, Yep, she did like Ari didn't Ari didn't want anything to do with her. Safety, where the fuck's that? The famous line. Yes. Indeed, she was pretty safe in the hound's presence, and then Brienne showed up and fucked it all up by killing the hound and scaring her off to run away. Maybe killing the hound. Possibly killing the hound. Like I say, you know what I say. There's no body, they're not dead. That's pretty powerful. Did you write that? Nope, but I say it all the time. Well, that means Stannis might still be alive. We'll get to him. It's possible. So continue. So off they head to Winterfell. Brienne is watching from the distance. She and is. Podrick's like, hey, that's Sansa Stark. I recognize her. Podrick, useful. Who would yes. have thought? Heraldry skills. He knows the banners. He's very smart. Yes. Very smart young man. And he knows everything. He realizes he recognizes Sansa. Um, and Brienne walks up to him and is like, hey, what's up, bros? 
I'm Brienne. Yep, they stop at the inn. She approaches them, and uh, it doesn't go as well as she thought it would, does it? Sansa's also uninterested in Brienne's company. Brienne's problem is is that she got no creep to her. She's very bold and very straightforward and very brash, and uh, you have to... She. Her problem is is that she lacks empathy. That's Brienne's greatest weakness. She's unable to understand why these girls would be terrified of her. Brienne understands what oaths mean. She understands that an oath matters. And because she lives her life by the way she gives these oaths, she believes that everyone else is going to understand these oaths as well. And they simply don't. And that's because she lacks the empathy to understand that they're not all going to have the same perspective as you do. Brienne's like, I'm giving my oath. That matters. Why aren't you fucking listening? Because that's not how I live my life. And I've seen oath givers stab people in the back because I come from these courts and King's Landing and Winterfell and uh, all these places where treachery happens. And treachery's been happening. It's been decimating my family. So your fucking word and your honor doesn't mean jack shit to me because I've seen it before and it all ends the same. So they don't trust her. Neither one of them do. Sansa, Sansa in particular. It doesn't go well. She gets into a fight. We have a little ride chase. She kills a couple of his men. They take off. I still don't know if there's going to be negative consequences for that, but Brienne is now really depressed. She recounts the shadow with Stannis' face, killing her first master in Renly. Yeah, this will all come back. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> and she can't get Arya. Her first master? She can't, whatever. What? Wait a second. I'm <laughs> glad I got that. <laughs> Whatever. How dare you? <laughs> Renly danced with her one time. It was very sweet. You yeah. stop that it was right now. fucking adorable. You stop that. And yeah. Renly was adorable. Mm-hmm. I miss him. He was cute. The rainbow knight. He played Charles Manson at a later date on another show. So he's pretty much a badass. Outstanding. So yeah, it's um, it, she is similar to Jorah in a sense. Yes. Her storyline mimics his in a weird way. He's trying to get to somebody he wants to protect that he's devoted his life to. She tries to kind of do the same thing, and then it just becomes a tale of, fuck it, I can't do that. They don't want to do this with me. I guess I'm going to rescue Sansa and try to kill Sansa on the way. I do like her storyline. It's short. It it gets about as much time as it needs. Maybe even a little more. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I didn't catch... Maybe on on an original watch, but on a rewatch, I didn't feel too... too Yeah, this season... And I'm it not was, saying, it, it I'm not saying do, not, do not binge watch Game of Thrones. Watch it live with us, people. But rewatch it as a binge watch. And I feel like there's a difference. Or, or at least for this season, there really was. This season to me was much better on a rewatch. It was. Not having to wait weeks in between. It's so much better on a rewatch. It didn't feel as draggy. Season four was so good. Yes. Like there was no. Right. It, it was so exciting. And, and I think it was the best season of the show. It was so good. I it was it was the best I'm season. Gonna go out I, on I'm, a gonna, limb. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably agree with you. Um, I, I think so too. I th- well, I gotta think about that, but I'm pretty sure it's way, it's a lot better than season I'm, five. I'm just gonna go with it, and I'm just gonna stand by it and hope that I'm not making a terrible mistake. <laughs> okay. In case someone judges you for your opinion, people judge me for my opinion all the time. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, I like I like I like Brienne. I still like Brienne. I'm I'm still butthurt over her throwing the hound off a cliff, but I'll get over that eventually. Especially if the hound's still alive. So let's talk about Sansa's story. We know Littlefinger is trying to mark his magic. His Littlefinger this season reminds us that he's this guy who's trying to make shit happen by way of being smart and having connections 
and being one step ahead of everybody because he doesn't have a huge army. He doesn't have a shitload of resources. He's not that guy. So he's trying to survive in a game where he doesn't really hold any real power. If you really boil it down, he doesn't really hold any real power. He just is a guy who plies these lords and ladies against each other and tries to elevate himself. Varys, Which is a smart thing to do. If right. You, you know. If you're in his position, for sure. Yeah, just any strategy game, just think about it. You know what I mean? Like, you want to play the middle and not take sides and pit the big dogs against each other. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. That's why I love him. He is. He'd do great on Survivor or any type of reality game show. Excellent. Just being honest. We got one survivor, three dogs, and one cat mention. <laughs> the cat was actually on the show. That doesn't count. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So let's talk about the Sansa and the Boltons. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that goes down? Sure. Let's talk about it. Go for it. Littlefinger's plan is to marry Sansa to Ramsay Bolton, who is basically the biggest piece of shit alive. Wow. Honestly. Tell us what you really Like, do you remember <laughs> when you hated Joffrey? And you were like, he's the worst human being I've ever met. And then you met Ramsay. Just think about it. Think about it. Everybody pause and reflect. Anyway, she has to marry him. He's a douche. He rapes her. Whatever. Do you want to go down on the rabbit hole and talk about that for three hours again? What? How? Rape? How Ramsay rapes her? Yeah. And the internet fucking broke. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Internet. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> again. What did you think he was going to do? He was going to kindly tuck her in and snuggle her? <laughs> like, that's not what was ever going to happen. Um, what Ramsey this, is a gentle lover and a generous lover. What we're having here is we're having a, a long story about the arc of Sansa becoming the strong woman. Sure. Right? Because we see her start and then we see her go backwards. But I think we're going to see her on that trajectory all of next season. What this story ends up becoming is more of the story of Theon, right? Breaking out of the Reek character, which we're waiting for and waiting for and waiting for and waiting for. And we finally get a payoff. It's not really the payoff we want, but we'll see what happens next, I guess. And the payoff is that he kills Miranda. Like he lets Sansa get raped and he's chill with that. But then when Miranda randomly threatens her one day, he's like, I wouldn't call his reaction to that scene chill. chill. No, I'd say he was very disturbed by it. He was. And it's very disturbing to watch and... I think the actor who plays Reek, a.k.a. Theon, is a great actor. Right. By the way, do you remember when you hated him and you thought he was the worst? Everybody, do you remember those times? Oh, yeah. We were like, Theon was the worst. Um, he also reveals to Sansa that he did not kill her brothers. This thing that That's she's hated him reveal. for for so long. Huge reveal. Um, you know, and then obviously he kills Miranda, saves her life. And, and they why is together. that? That that's important. That's important to Sansa because she knows her entire family isn't dead, right? I mean, she knows her entire family isn't dead, and she also knows this person who she lived with her entire life, basically as her brother, did not betray her right. in the way that she and he did betray her still, but not in the same way that he portrayed himself. So I, I guess like that she believes he did. Yeah, I got you. Makes sense. He, he's not as not not as bad as she thought he was, but yeah, not as bad as she thought he was. Yeah, pretty bad. Just didn't kill the, the brothers. Right. Yeah, and Mando Torres is in the chat. She has no claim on Winterfell, and he's correct. Right. If Rickon and Bran are still alive somewhere, Winterfell is theirs. Sure, 100%. Not Sansa's. Right, and we know that is the case. So Sansa suffers pretty strongly in this season. As she has the entire show, and I think we've said many a time that Sansa has really had it the worst of, of these Starks right. that are still with us. 
Right. You know, Arya's off doing her own thing. And yes, it's shitty what she's going through, but she has people on her side. And, you know, Sansa went from having to pretend that she was on Joffrey's side and to look at Ned Stark's head on a pike right. to being accused of the murder of Joffrey, to being married to Tyrion, to being basically whisked away and kidnapped by Littlefinger, essentially, to uh, having to murder her aunt. Not she didn't murder her aunt, but watching her aunt be murdered, who was trying to murder her, um, to this. Arya has had zero come up, uh, excuse me, Sansa has had zero comeuppance and Arya has had plenty. She yes. has m- killed people. She's killed people that wronged her family. She's killed people that killed her friends. She felt the safety, albeit troubling company of the hound. She is in the house of black and white, learning the tools and trades of the assassin. And although they are probably a treacherous lot, they are not constantly threatening her life should she misstep yes they threaten her with discipline but sansa sansa has always been in this position where she is at the mercy of the powers that be yes. all the time that's what i was just gonna say scott Cummings says in the chat she's the only one that has no control of her Correct. life and that is the truth and this is what's going to happen now is we're going to see a different Sansa because I feel like now she's going to start to take control. And I feel like she's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I and agree. I am so, so, so excited for Sansa next season. Yeah, me too. I, I might be. That's one of the things I'm probably most excited about, honestly. Yep. I think Sansa and Reek escape together. I think we're going to see them run into Brienne. I think Sansa will be reunited with Littlefinger. I have a feeling that the Bolton's hold on the North is really coming to an end. I think that once, and this will this will come when we get north of the Wall, but I think that that's what's going to happen. I think I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see the Wildlings and people are going to go after the fucking Boltons. Hardhome's gone. The North North of the Wall is overrun. What's Tormund and those guys going to do? This plays into the Winterfell storyline. That's why I'm mentioning it now. I don't know. But I have a feeling the Bolton's days are numbered, and I have a feeling that this is why that they're going to they're going to be attacked from the north. Um, I think that whatever remnants remain, that that's what's going to happen because there's no way they're going to listen to reason. There's no way they're going to be like, all right, we're all going to be friends to fight the dead. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's going to happen. I just don't see a good end for the Boltons. If the show ends with everybody becoming friends to fight the dead, I'm going to be really mad by the time I put into it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like you just see. Like Cersei and like <laughs> Jon Snow if he's still alive and like Sansa Stark are all holding hands to like, I don't know, use their freaking Care Bear power against her. Jesus Ramsey Christ. with that creepy face smiling. You just see him. You just see. You just see him standing across from Davos, right? Davos and Ramsay staring at each other, and he's like, "Hello, Davos. Hi." With that weird, fucking creepy smile and voice, and you just see him go, "I made a pony for you," and just like hands it to him, and they become friends. And he's like, "Well, I can read a lot better, so I wrote a poem for you." And then everyone becomes friends, and then they turn and they fight the undead, and they play. They win with music. their power of love. The fucking sun comes up as they smash the Night King's face in. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> it could. It could no, yeah. God, no. Uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. I think the undead are just gonna win in the end, and I'm gonna be like, okay. Yeah, I don't think so, but I think <laughs> they're gonna. I think they're gonna do some damage. Only Jon Snow and Daenerys will survive. Yeah, I know Jon Snow's dead. Whatever, we'll get there. So uh, yeah, it's 
it's going to be an interesting thing for Sansa to overcome. But she obviously has to get the fuck out of Winterfell. She has to take off. I think Brienne's going to help her get across the countryside. I don't know. I don't know about that. You don't think so? Well, because it depends. Because, like, what if Stannis is not really dead? Okay. Okay. And Brienne is trying to use Stannis as a bargaining chip to get Sansa. Okay. I'm not saying I think this is the case, but if this is the case, we're not going to see Brienne and Sansa together. I think Stannis is dead. Honestly, if we have two people who we think are dead and are not really dead, and then maybe the hound that makes three, then we're getting a little silly. It's like, you know, walking dead under the dumpster bullshit that I don't like. (laughs) Um, But I'm just Uh, saying it's possible. What if we (laughs) see... (laughs) I don't know what you're saying. I'm just dying right now. (laughs) What if we cut back to Brienne and she's like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo," And she just hits the face. And she just fucking chops up a cameraman. Listen. I don't want that to be what happened, but I'm just saying nobody concerns me that they're going to do some fuckery here. Maybe. A little concerned. I don't want that to happen. What if I a, am all for Stannis being dead. What if a Bolton troop, I mean, what if a, what if one of, uh, what if a, a Baratheon troop just shoots her in the neck with an arrow? No. No? Brian still alive? Stop that. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm pretty sure he's still dead, but... I think, I think he's dead too, but we're not even there yet. We I got a lot of stuff where, to say about Stannis as per usual. Well, before you do that, where are where do you think Sansa and Reek end up? I'm not one hundred percent sure. I, well, I think, think she's logistics. gonna meet back up with Littlefinger. Okay. Somehow. Yep. Because yep. she's gonna that's because south. I don't I don't south. think she's gonna end up at the wall. So I, I think it, it, it makes logical sense that she's gonna end up back with Littlefinger somehow. And I think that she's gonna be a force to be reckoned with in the next season. I think that all of the Sansa storyline from being a bitchy little annoying human being in season one to going through all the shit that she's gone through and basically being tortured and, and just crapped on for season after season after season. Yep. I think we're going to get our payoff. I really do. I have a lot of faith in what's going to happen with Sansa. I, I like the actress who plays her. She's grown so much and I'm very excited to see what she does. Yeah, me too. So you're thinking she moves, she, she heads towards the Vale and not north towards Snow. I think so. Yeah. It's probably the safer bet because she knows she has friends down there and traveling north is pretty treacherous. Right. Yeah. All right. I like your style. And, not, and and who's to say the wall would protect her? She has to go to a place where she knows she's protected. The Night's Watch can't protect her from the Boltons. So the Veil will, 100%. That's They'll right. protect her. That's right. They sure enough will. Show enough. Um, so you don't think her and Brienne meet up, huh? I, I don't know. Okay. I'm saying that if, the theory that we saw nobody on Stannis and he may be alive is to be believed, then no, they definitely don't. I think if Stannis is actually dead, which is what I hope for, just because I'm thrown out of theory doesn't mean I want it to be, then I think they, they, they may meet up. Okay, I like your style. But I still think she's going to end up with Littlefinger. Yeah, Sansa is a character who, when they start to exact, when she starts to exact her revenge slash justice on those who have wronged her, it's going to feel pretty good. I can't wait. I mean, this is somebody who's been under thumbs for seasons. Shows don't have this discipline. Shows really allow you to witness this. Usually it's by the end of the season they're getting their fucking turnaround. Or in some shows, a two seasons, two episodes later, they're a totally different person. Uh, I.e. Carol Walking Dead, go fuck yourself. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I You know, I don't know. It, it takes a lot of discipline to, to sit, to, to, to pump the brakes with Sansa and to really wait for her to get strong enough to fend for herself and i'm right. looking forward to that it's been a long um 
lead up, which is nice. Yeah. And sometimes it sometimes it's nice to have the long, slow burn. Sure. How Stark says in the chat that if her and Theon go together to Littlefinger, that'll be the end of Theon. Yeah, that's possible. He could be executed. Oh, yeah. I don't think Theon's making it out of the season. Yeah. Although I heard a rumor that there's going to be a lot of Greyjoy this season. Yeah, we'll see. Well, think about it. They sent pieces of him to wherever. So you're going to get the Greyjoys coming to... Well, yeah, but they already got that. And then his sister came to rescue him. And I'm not going to say where he was sleeping, but everybody in the chat knows where it was. What was it? It was in kennels for a certain type of animal. <laughs> <laughs> a canine animal? <laughs> A certain animal, okay, that's similar to, you know, ghost. And he was like, oh, Marika, I'm not going to go with you. Whatever, bye. That's a good point. So, so what's the Greyjoy's motivation to engage in warfare at this point? I don't necessarily think it has to do with the end. I think it's going to have to do with something else. But I definitely think we're going to see a lot of the Greyjoys. Well, the Greyjoys, the Greyjoys had, right? I mean, they, they kind of had Winterfell and now the Boltons do. So maybe they just want to get it back. Maybe their plan is as well. I don't give a fuck about Ramsay but I do give a fuck about Winterfell and we're right. going to take it back. Yeah, and that seems reasonable. Pike's close enough to where they can sail and get into it if they want. Yeah, they're going to return. Sure. We're going to see him. We're going to see, what, what's her name, Yara? We're going to see her again. Right. I like your style. Where to now? So let's talk about Stannis and oh, the oh, wall. I'm Basically, sorry. That's what we got. Before we get to Stannis, I do want to talk about Ramsey. Sure, Roos, he's a douche. Ramsey, Ramsey finds out that his dad is pregnant with a boy. Oh, yes. Does this matter? Is this going to mean anything? Does this mean Ramsey's going to strangle his old man's mom to death? I'm his pretty old man's sure wife to death? that so many people are going to die this season, and it would seem reasonable that she would die, too. I mean, is he going to just kick her belly until she dies? It strikes oh me as a God. Ramsey. It's a, it strikes it's, me as a Ramsey thing, too. It's awful. It's a total Ramsey move. So I don't know. I know he said it to sort of knock him down in his place when he was making... He was like, Reek's going to give the bride away. I'm such a dick. When he was doing that whole thing, and then Roos was like... I'll have you know that she's pregnant. Isn't that good news? And it's going to be a boy, the maesters say. You know, he's trying to knock him down a peg. Yes. But I don't know I don't know if that means anything because he's technically a Bolton now, so doesn't he have isn't he the rightful heir that the new kid isn't gonna mm, be? I don't or know. Or do you think that's dicey because he used to be a I feel a like snow. that's dicey. Okay. I, I feel like the most legitimate still wins. I gotcha. All right, you could be onto something. Like maybe Jon Snow, if he was legitimized, would have claims to the North. But if Bran was still alive, he wouldn't as much. It would still go to Bran. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, uh, yeah. Right? So, yeah, so yeah, that's I what I'm saying. So. But I'm saying if Stannis legitimized Jon like he wanted to. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. I still I think Bran would have know. more claim. That's a good question. We've, we haven't seen it, so I couldn't tell you. But it's a good thought. I do think that uh, she meets with some kind of end. I don't. That's yeah, she's me definitely gonna be dead before she has. A baby. Yeah, I don't know what's gonna For happen. Sure. How are the Boltons gonna get out of Winterfell before we move? Well, they're still in Winterfell, so they're gonna, gonna get chill. rid of them. Littlefinger for sure. The Vale. Yeah. Right. Or else they can get on their side. Well, take it. The Vale is gonna attack everybody. They're gonna go to war with the Boltons. They're gonna go to war with the Lannisters. The fucking... I just love them. All... No, they're gonna go to war there. They're gonna take Winterfell and. Listen, Littlefinger is building an army, and at the end, he's gonna sit on that Iron Throne. I'm gonna say, I love you, Mayor Carcetti, and that is how life will end. Perfect. All right. Take me where you want to take me next. Um, so I guess let's start with Stannis at the wall and then we can go through Stannis's whole stuff and then go back to the rest of the stuff at the wall and hard home and all that. Okay. Go for it. So Stannis first first. Baratheon, my most hated character of all time until he ran through 
he rode his horse through the fog to great music, and then I changed my opinion on him. <laughs> Whenever he showed up, and you're like, "Yay, he's gonna break the siege. at the end of at the end of season four." I was like, "Oh my god, I love this guy so much." And let me tell you, I love Stannis until episode nine of the season. <laughs> I was high on Stannis. He was my fave. I loved him. I didn't even need. I was just gonna say something involving things I can't talk about. Um, so, anyways, I was high on Stannis. He burns Mance Raider alive in basically episode one. So that was crazy. Or he tries to burn Mance Raider alive, excuse me. And Jon Snow stops that shit because he has mercy. Big, big move by uh, Snow there. That was a ballsy move to cross Stannis. Stannis does not take that shit lightly. But Stannis still has, he has a lot of faith in Jon Snow and he sees the importance of Jon Snow when it comes to Winterfell, which is what Stannis wants. Right. And if Jon Snow can be Jon Stark, that's helpful to him. Then they can ride in the Boltons together. They can take Night's Watch with them. They can take the Free Folk with them, etc. But beyond, John's like, no. Beyond helpful, I also think that, I, I, I know Stannis is calculated, but I think he also really does have a lot of respect for Ned, and he does like 100%. the idea of the Starks in the North, and he wants that. And uh, it's a kind of a win-win as far as it looks. And I felt the same way. But then when you really think about John and, and what he'd have to be doing, you know, giving up his men and turning his back on him. I mean, that's just something he's not going to do. Oh, really? Because his men were real quick to turn their back on him. Yeah, well, that's why he's a good leader. Mike, drop him. Done. They're not. Continue. Gosh, I just got so mad. Um, So, John says no. He's not interested in that shit because he's going to stay at the wall. Right. So, Stannis is like, okay, I'm going to have to go on my own. What am I going to do? Well... Stannis is one of those uncompromising, unbending, I'm going to do whatever it takes, guys, to his ruin. Correct. If there's one thing that Stannis did is that he lived true to what he believed was the right and wrong way to live. Uh, He decided that his daughter's life was not worth as much as what he believed was his destiny to fulfill for the betterment of what he believed was the realm. Right. So he decided that he was going to, because the Red Woman had not let him down, because she bore a smoke monster out of her uh, red vagina, and because uh, he, she had proven in the past, you know, the death of Joffrey when they did the bleeding of Gendry and all that shit. Yeah. Did shit we kill off Renly? Wait, who were the slugs supposed to be? Balan Greyjoy, Renly, Stannis, Rob, Jopper. So yeah, it's so just there was kings. none for Stannis. Okay. And, yeah, and all the, not kings, but all the lords, all the people. So I, I drew four leeches. Yeah, Balon, Renly, now. Stannis, Rob, and Joffrey. That makes sense. All right, so which one of them is still alive? Right, exactly. Again, we're going to see the Greyjoys this season for sure. Right. So it's worked for him in the past. So he does something completely and utterly despicable. I mean, it was brutal to watch. It's still emotionally provoking when I watch it. Yeah, it makes me cry every time I watch it. It's the worst fucking thing. Especially when you have the episode before where where he really bonds with her. We see that he has this love for her. And and, he does. And he does. That's what's really loves her about it. Uh, The way he talks to her and in the way, especially compared to the way Celise talks to her. Is what's so interesting about this is Celise is so down on Shireen. She's like, you know, she's damaged. She's she can't. She's not what we need. And Stannis is like, she's my daughter. Right. He tells her the story of how he saved her life and how he went everywhere to try and stop her grayscale. And in the end, it's Celise who breaks away and wants to save her. Right. And it's Stannis who holds her back, basically. Which is funny because the entire run for Celise, we never saw any affection towards Shireen. And not until Shireen's final moments does Celise actually. Because step she's a forward. human. You right. Know. 
Right, but she is so compelled by what the Red Witch says that after Shireen's death, she ends up hanging herself. I mean, bad day for Stannis all around. He has a raid from Ramsay. He breaks up his supply line. He's making life really tough on him, but but Stannis says, let's go forward anyway. And fuck, man, poor Davos wrapped up with this guy who just can't stop once he's committed to a course of action. Well, and Davos is not even with him, and he doesn't even know about this shit that's, that goes down. Right, he, he tries Davos to convince away. him, though, is my point. But yeah, you're right. He tries to convince him, don't go. It's not our time. He's like, it's our only time. Winter's coming. We need to move. We don't have time. And Stannis just is like, I, I've committed this far. I cannot turn around now. I, I have to go forward. And that's what it comes down to with Stannis is that he's at this point where he's like, I just can't go backwards. And I, I believe I've said this on the podcast before, but when it comes down to it, Stannis is not like, hey, I'm going to take Winterfell. We're going to march on, take Winterfell. He's like, I've come this far. I'm just marching to my death. He knows for sure he's marching because to I his death. Because I have to finish what I started. That's right. And you can see it. I mean, he burned his daughter alive, and then the face he has when he sees the cavalry of the Bolton sally forth from the castle, he realizes how fucked he is when he realizes how un- unmatched he is, and he has this look on his face, and I will never forget it. It's such it's such a great moment in the show when he draws his sword out, and he's just like, all right, fuck it, and he knows he is doomed, and he knows in that moment that everything he thought was the right move what comes is? crashing down on him. Or maybe it was. Maybe his destiny was to die in Winterfell. Who knows? But he's like, well, oh well, I'm going to keep going. I mean, he n- does never retreat, never compromise, nope. never. And he still has what is a like a valid death. He's not just killed randomly in battle, and that's our sure. ending. We have a very satisfying conclusion to his story arc, which God hopes it is, of Bran, who for so long, has been searching for this man who has wanted to avenge Renly's death is given the opportunity to do that. Yep. After he kills a couple of scrubs, he stabs a couple of scrubs that go after him and, uh, you know, go on, do your duty. He tells her. I love it. Yep. He's not afraid. He's not. And he admits to everything. He admits to it because that's brands like you did this, blah, blah, blah. And he admits to it. He admits to everything. He knows he's going to die. And he's just like, here are my sins. This is, probably what I deserve at this point. See you later. Right. And what's so fucked up about it all is technically speaking, he was the rightful heir to King's Landing after Robert Brady. And why Ned Stark was on his side. Right. Yep. It's it's wild. So there you have it. And I do want to mention that Melisandre did um, abandon Stannis at last minute at the last moment. Yeah, she took off. The first time the first time we ever saw uh we mentioned this in the podcast, but this is the first time we ever saw her emotionally rattled. react. Yes. Rattled. Yeah. Never before. She's always been calm, always had such conviction. And uh yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild. So uh yeah, he uh he uh he he had a fitting end, I suppose. It it made sense that he died the way he did. I agree. I was good with that. Let's go to the wall. Okay. That's all we got now. Let's talk about Jon Snow, basically. The so Jon Snow story. Jon Snow gets an opportunity to become Jon Stark and leave the wall in March. Uninterested in that shit. He's probably very interested in it, but by taking that path, he betrays the people he's sworn to defend by accepting the role as the Lord Commander. He can't do that. And even though Stannis thinks this is foolish and some people were screaming at the time, myself included, God, I wish I wanted him to be a Stark again so bad. Oh, I know. The reality is, is that he can't do it. He can't be a hypocrite because then his credential as a leader is gone. So he turns him down. 
He says he's going to stay. And that's it. He's he sends the commander Stannis of the Night's Watch now. He sends Stannis away. But he has this... Cr- send him away, per se. They still have an no, alliance. No, no. Sending him I away mean- is not the right way to say it. But you know what I mean. Stannis is like, all right, fine. I'm out of here. Uh, they do away with Manchurator, as we discussed. He defies him, which is a big moment. John's character really grows in this season. Uh, I think this he's, is the best Jon Snow we have had of the entire series. Yeah, I think it's probably the best single storyline, in my opinion. If I had to pick a character, I would probably pick Jon Snow's arc here. Uh, Me too. I like that he grows up. I like that he shows leadership. I like that he makes hard choices. And I like that he, you know, him executing Jano Slynn, everything he does, that's a big moment when Jano Slynn, he tries to send him away. He's trying to do the guy a favor. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Because he knows he's treacherous. He wants to get rid of him. But no, the guy mouths off because he doesn't think Jon Snow has the balls to kill him. And maybe he didn't three months ago, but now he does. And that's a great moment in the Jon Snow character. Fucked up to say, him executing a guy is a growth point, but it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's something his father did in episode Very one. Very Ned Stark-esque, 100%. He does it in episode one. And uh, he, uh, he he gets rid of him. Yeah, kill the boy is the name of the episode. Exactly. Kill the boy. is literally killing the metaphorical boy yeah. that he is to become a man. Except what he should have actually done is listened to what he said and took it literally instead of figuratively and killed Ollie. Yeah. And then aren't all our fucking problems solved? See ya, Ollie, bitch. I fucking hated that kid all season. I hated him all season. God damn it. I hated that kid whose family got murdered by Tormund's men. I hated that I love Tormund. What's wrong with me? (laughs) Game of Thrones does that to you. Still love Tormund. He's the best. Yeah. So he decides that he's going to free Tormund. Because Tormund's the best. In the midst of the Night's Watch who hate these guys. This is a big, this, this costs him his life. This is the beginning of Jon Snow losing his life. And that's, I'm going to free Tormund. I'm going to listen to what he has to say. We don't have enough troops. I need you to fight with me. Will you fight with me? Let's go to Hard Home and do some talking. Night's Watch don't like this. You just got done getting men killed by them. And now you're going to free the guy and make this decision. <laughs> this is not going to go over well with the Night's Watch. And it's so funny because Jon Snow is being so smart. He knows that the battle that they don't need to worry about is... Yes. It's not with the free folk and it's not with anybody in Westeros or anywhere else. It's with the dead. Right. Yes. Yes. Because they got a taste of them. And boy, are they going to get a taste of them again. So they go north. They get some ships from Stannis somehow. Stannis is cool. He respects um, Jon Snow. And we get to Hardhome and we have one of the most epic battles of all time. This is like watching a movie. It's outstanding. One of the things I did here is is that we are going to get the biggest battle yet in the next season. The season to come, season six? Yes. Bigger than Hardhome? Bigger than Hardhome. They did get Miguel Sapochnik, I think is his name, to come back as a director. And Good there's choice. a lot of speculation. It's because there's going to be some big war shit going on and he's going to direct it. And it's going to be their most ambitious battling yet. So I'm looking forward to that. So this guy comes in and he directs this episode and it's fantastic. The tracking shots... The the melee was so good. The fighting was excellent. The menace of the Night King and his men in the in the whites running around killing everybody. It was fucking wild. Leading up to it, 
the moment with Rattlesnake, where Tormund's just like, I'm going to kill this fucking guy. Uh, Rattle, uh, Lord of Bones, what the hell's his name? Lord of Rattle, Bones, I don't know why Rattle said, Shirt, Rattle something. I don't know anything about what you're saying, but I don't think it's correct. It's 100% correct. It's Rattle something, I'm not well, sure. not Rattlesnake. No, I know. <laughs> Lord, of, Lord of Bones. Let's I just call him Lord name. of Bones. That's all we need. Rattle shirt. Uh, yeah, that's awesome when Tormund kills him. Then we get 20 minutes of super boring conversation where I'm like, this is the worst episode I've ever seen. I'm so bored. And then it ends how it ends. And I'm like, this is the best episode of TV I've ever seen. Right. What part did you find boring when they were trying When to they were f- doing politicking? Mm-hmm. Other than the hot wildling who I thought was awesome, but then died. Yeah. I was high on her. So they get wiped out. Big time. And the the uh, Lord of the Night there, the fucking whatever the fuck he's called. Creepy motherfucker is what I call him. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what they call him. Uh, Night Lord or whatever. Oh, that's Night's terrifying. King, King of the Night. The Night's King. He's got a bunch of different names. All terrifying. Yeah, he's terrifying. He does the infamous raise all the dead people up and then Love you go, it. holy shit, he has another army. This is incredible. How do we fight this? this is the thing that's so incredible about this. And you have to think about the scope of it is you go to war and you kill people and you kill bad guys and you do all of this. And all that happens is this guy lifts his arms and all these dead come back to life. So you're going to battle and it's not just like, I don't want my troops to die because then I have less troops. Right. It's, I don't want my troops to die because then I have less troops and they have more. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy. There's so much power that these people have. Right. It's almost impossible to beat. Like, how do you beat them? Yeah. Every time they kill one of you, they add to their numbers. That's right. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a problem. And uh, they're going to need some particularly interesting steel and probably humongous fucking dragons to torch them out. But I don't know if fire's going to bother them. I I guess we'll find out. I mean, they (laughs) seem to like the cold. But uh, yeah, they they have to get out of there. And the faces on Jon Snow and those guys when they flee, it says the story that we are in trouble here. How are we going to do this? Yes. They get back. They try to explain it to the Night's Watch. Right. They try to say, hey, we saw some crazy shit. Doesn't go over well, though, does it? At first, I thought they weren't even going to let them back in, to be honest with you. I was a little concerned. Yep. But they do let them back in. And then they uh, they take it upon themselves to uh, get a little Julius Caesar action going. Yeah. And before that, I just want to throw in that there are these characters named Sam and Gilly who we care pretty minimally about at this point, but they exist in this story. And they're hanging out, and Sam wants to uh, become a maester, and Gilly learns how to read from Shireen, which is awesome, because Shireen is the best. And he wants to leave because he's got no friends left. And yes, Sam wants to leave. Um, He wants to go to Old Town. He's going to become a maester, because Maester Eamon passes away. Yep. They need a maester. He's going to be more used to John as a maester, and John's like, oh, you're my bro, but yeah, you should go. It's it's all good. Okay, John, you literally have zero friends here now. Bad plan. Right, he's uh, that was a that was a decision he made to keep him safe, even though it might have not have gone well to mm-hmm. let this guy go. So yeah, he lets him go. Luckily, saves his life because he would have sure. been killed for sure. They would have killed them all. And uh, oh boy, <sighs> my oh my, Jon Snow's watch has ended. So they stab him out. Can we just start with the fact that okay first. They say Benjamin Stark is alive, and I'm excited. Right. Then you realize they're lying. Yeah, that's Ned's brother. Then, yeah, and he, he 
disappeared in the first season. Yep. Um. Then you realize that Ollie, this fucking shit who I've been talking bad about all season long, is involved in this plot to kill. And I just want to say it now and put it on record that I do not think Ollie will ever die. He is unkillable. <laughs> Based on what? Based on that when I say people are unkillable, they go the way of Jon Snow. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're setting him up to wet him up. I was asked multiple times far earlier in the chat to do this. All right. I like your style. Yeah. I don't like that shit with talking about Benjamin though. That was way to get people excited for nothing. Low blow. It it wasn't even like they were just fucking Jon Snow. It's like, look what they were doing to the audience. We're like, oh my God, Benjamin Stark. Except for all you people who knew Jon Jon Snow was going to die and were laughing at me hysterically as I said the shit that I said. Yeah. For the watch. Yeah. For the watch. My ass. Yeah, I love how they, the fact that they say for the watch is just so gross. Oh, I, hate it. I can't wait till they all die a horrible, miserable death. Like they, they're, they're killing their leader for the watch. That doesn't even make sense. I guess they just felt he wasn't serving them well, and that's that. They decided to just stab him out. So down it's he goes, idiotic. blood flows freely, color drains from his face, and uh, he dies, question mark? Question mark, question mark, what do you question think? mark. No, he's not dead. Well, he's dead, but he's, he'll be back. He'll be back. He's dead, but he but but he'll be back. Let's be honest. As I said, we recently rewatched not just this season, but many old episodes of Game of Thrones. Why did we even meet Bendrick Dondarrion ever? If that wasn't going to come back and be useful in the story, here's mm-hmm. how it comes back and is useful: when Jon Snow is raised from the dead. And yes, I get it. When they talk about like, okay, he brings him back, but every time he's a little less, right? Yep. And I think that's super important because I think that's what we're going to see. Is Jon Snow, but not exactly Jon Snow. Right. But he's coming back. Like, Do you think on. Melisandre is the one who brings him back? Well, I think logically it's set up pretty perfectly for that. It, maybe right. it's almost too on the nose, but you have her leave Stannis and arrive back just as Jon Snow is about to be killed. We've already saw that the two of them, there's something that has happened between them. She sees something in him. Right. There's no way Jon Snow's dead because there's so much here, like Melisandre and her interactions with him. The fact that there's all this secret bullcrap about who his parents are mm-hmm. there's a lot of speculation it, yes and none of those things would exist if we we're just gonna kill his character off it doesn't make sense this isn't a show where like you're like okay this this isn't like lost where you can kill somebody off because they get a dui and the audience can get mad and be like oh my god not that they get a dui on the show they get a dui in real life like there was so much more to that character we could have seen and people get upset game of thrones is not going to do that shit wait wait they kill somebody off on another show because they got a dui Someone on Lost got killed off because they got a D- two people on Lost got killed off because they got DUIs down in Hawaii when they were filming. Who the fuck is running that crew? What tight ass? Well, there were two shitty characters, but one of them there's potential for there to be more, but one of them really sucked. The people in the chat know who I'm talking about. I'm sure if they watch Lost. Anyway, anyways, I'm off on. But that's what I'm saying. Like this is not a show that's going to kill off a character that has so much behind them. You know what I mean? Yep. I it do. just it, it doesn't make any logical sense from a storytelling perspective. There is no way that Jon Snow is gone from the show. None. I'm sorry. There's no way. He died, but he'll be back. And you think Melisandre is the one. It makes sense. Yeah. I don't know how else he comes back. Let's talk about some theories around Jon Snow's death. Okay. The idea that perhaps he can warg like his brother and he goes into Ghost's body to protect himself. I heard that. Okay. How do you feel about that? I can't talk too much about Ghost because the chat room is going to be up in arms about... The D word? Yeah. Well. But that would be cool if that happens. He's not a D. He's a W. He's a dire wolf. <gasps> there you go. I can That's, say that. You yeah. can. Okay. Um, 
that's reasonable. That's possible. That could happen. We we see a lot of ghosts. We know that him and John are very bonded. I could see something like that happen for sure. The only thing I don't like about that is that there's no precedent for it other than he's... Right. I think there's more of a precedent for Melisandre can bring him back. And then I he think, comes back a little bit less. Here's what I think. I think if Jon Snow wargs into Ghost, he is not a of Targaryen heritage. Okay. Right? So I think if the show makes that decision, I think that that's what they're saying. I think if he doesn't and he stays where he is. Now, one thing we glazed over, and it's a big deal, is Aemon Targaryen died. I said I mentioned that casually. Okay. Um, something I was re- behind the scenes, maybe they were saying it, or a director's commentary. The only character in a series to die of old age. Oh, interesting. That's fucking nuts. Oh, I forgot to write him my death list. Um, also, I think at one point, Aemon Targaryen says something like, I'm the last Targaryen left. And then Jon Snow walks into the room. Yeah, like, there's shit like, like that. Like cute little editing. Come on. But do, do, if nobody knows that Jon Snow's a Targaryen, then that means Aemon didn't know. And Aemon wouldn't have said that if he really knew. Right? No, I don't think he really knew. But even if Jon Snow's a Targaryen, he's still a Stark. That's the whole point. He's both, right? It's He's the Targaryen and Ned's sister. So he's still a Stark. The theory is, is that Ned's sister wasn't really kidnapped by the Targaryen. Right. She loved Rhaegar. him and they went together and they yeah. had a child and it was Jon Snow and that's why Ned raised him right. and lied about everything because he was not going to cheat on Catelyn. Come on. Yeah, that's the, that's the prevalent theory. And by theory, we mean it better be the truth or people are going to riot. I don't know. We'll not see. Not really, but I'm really high on that theory. I like it. We'll see. We'll see if that's the case. Either that or he marries Daenerys Targaryen at the end. Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> Come on, guys. How long before Jon Snow comes back? Episode three. Oh, another thing. When Aemon Targaryen was, when they when they did hit, now his watch is ended, they normally burn those guys. They didn't show them burn him, did they? Hmm. Uh, I don't remember. They don't. They just show his face. Now, is it is it this weird thing where Targaryens can't be burned? Because they'll just have baby dragons like Danny. Well, I know that, I know that, well, Viserys is technically the, the brother of- No, he was the worst. He didn't burn, but Glad they he's melted dead. his head with gold. So I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. There's some people who thought, said, wouldn't it be cool if they tried to burn Jon oh. Snow in a funeral pyre and he didn't burn kind of thing? Yeah, that would be interesting. Oh, someone says they burned him, but then they said, I think, so. I don't, I didn't, I don't remember seeing him actually being burned. But uh, I guess we'll find out. They can't be burned, Scott Cummings. They can't be burned. Um, yeah. Um, and Scotty B says end of episode two. Yeah. So it's only Danny who's got the special I can't be burned magic. Fair enough. I didn't Maybe. know. I didn't we, know that. we don't know. There's a lot of conflicting rumors going on out there in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember the, the funeral part. I just don't remember actual flames. Now his watch has ended. Yeah, so I guess say so. we all. All right. So that's a that's a bullshit theory. But um, I'm more interested in the if he wargs. I guess that kills my theory too if he's Stark slash Targaryen because Starks can warg well no but there's precedent because in the family we see it with Bran right right so a Stark can warg so if John's a Stark he can warg and he's a Stark either way I think he can warg because his brother can but I'm not sure if that's because he's a Stark just get my point I don't know if it's a familiar thing I just think Bran's I don't know whatever I feel like I don't know that's true I don't know Whatever. it doesn't matter so, yeah, I don't think John stays dead for long. I think when he comes back, he's relieved of his night's watch duty because he's dead because his watch ended. Yeah, it certainly did. Uh, which means he's free to do whatever the fuck he wants, and that's going to be wild. It will be very interesting to see yeah. what happens. to. If, what if he's actually dead? Can we for a second just touch upon He that? is actually dead, for God's oh, sakes. What if he's dead and never comes back? Not going to happen. We wouldn't have seen shots of his body in the previews. Why? I don't know. I just don't see it. Kit Harrington insists that he's dead. 
But he's also under contract he for is two dead more seasons. So for the fifth time. I know. But I'm just saying, like, what if he never comes back? There you go. I don't know. I can't. That's not possible. I just can't. I can't see any universe in which that is what happens. Right. There you go. Yeah, in the chat they're saying John can warg in the book, but we never see it in the show. So under no the real, dumpster. No real. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he is. Let's be honest. There was a dumpster, guys. It's okay. He's fine. All right. I think, um, what else do we have to add to this? I don't know if I can tell you the death total of characters who have names that we care about. All right. Let's do it. I came up with 12. Go. Barrison Selmy. Yep. And someone we don't care about, by the way. Marin fucking Tramp. Yep. Hisar Zolarak. Yes. Marcella. Yes. Miranda. Yes. Mance Raider. Miranda's death was great. Yep. Solise. Yes. Shereen. Yes. Stannis. Yes. Jano Slint. Yes. Hot wildling lady. She yes. Count? Uh, I don't know her no. name, but she, she doesn't name? count. But Lord of Bones counts. Oh, if he counts, then we're up to third. Well, I'm counting her if Lord of Bones counts. Why? Because she got introduced for one episode. Because I liked her. <laughs> if you say so. If she was a Hagatha, would you be writing her name down? If she was, <laughs> no, she was very pretty. <laughs> um, all right. So Hot Wilding and Lord of Bones are both going to count, bring us up to thirteen. Right. Uh, Aemon Targaryen and Jon Snow. Who am I missing? How many? That's how many? That's 13. Powerful. So if I'm missing any important people in the death count, somebody let me know because I got to keep track of this shit. That's pretty good. Um, yes. A, way more than that died. What about all the people when the giant came in? You mean... Oh, Jesus. That was the last Watchers season. on the wall in season four? <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I'm a fucking moron. Who else died? Yeah, Nobody else? Wilding Chick does count. Thanks, Scotty, being in the chat. She counts all right. Um... Marine, we didn't. Masood, you're not going to add that guy's name, whatever the fuck his name is. Who? Oh, yeah. Rando, dude. Who's like, Misa, no, Misa, Misa, Misa. I'll says, add him because his death matters in the show and he's not just a rando. So that makes us at 14. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else, but I don't think so. I don't think so either. Good stuff. Well, that is our death count. Do we want to pull up a, a list of characters? And uh, do you want to just go through and see? Do you want to keep track of this and see who's going to die? You want to go alternating picks? How do you? How would we do this? Let's do a death draft and we can each pick X amount of people. Okay. Until we're just getting silly. No. So that's what I'm saying. Like we can each pick so many people. Like you can have five people on your death team and I can have five people. Or All right. Something. We'll do so five and crazy. five. All right. I'll write it down. You're going to keep track of this? Hashtag Team Dean. The Grey Worms Warrior Dignity died. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He was the worst this season. Team Jess. Okay, who's going to die this season on Game of Thrones? Who's going to pick first? Uh, you know what? You can pick first. This is a Deadpool, yes. Yeah, we're doing Deadpool. That's right, everybody. I am going to pick my man, whom I love deeply, Jorah Mormont. You think he's the first to go? No, I'm not going to do an order. I'm just picking people who are going to die throughout the season. Let's no, not be crazy. No, Yes, yes, Dean. No. A Deadpool she is- She used my name. She must be annoyed. You better believe it. We're just, we're not picking the order of people who die. I thought it was we're a draft. We're picking, yeah, it's a draft. All right, Do you know how draft works? Yeah, the You pick who you think is going to die. Yep. And if your people die, you get points. Sounds stupid. All it right, sounds he's like your first pick? every draft ever. Yes. Okay, I got you. Jorah Marmar is going to die in season six. And so I'm going to get matter. points for him. Okay, it doesn't matter who dies first. and None of that matters. Just if they die, just if they die, you get a let's point. Let's not be crazy. Everybody's going to die in episode nine. All right. Are we going to have anybody bonus points? I don't know. Can you think of a reason why we would give somebody bonus points? Mm, no. Okay. Um, I am going to go with Tommen. Okay. He's not getting out of the season. Tommen B. Um, David Earl says you get two picks that we're doing a snake draft. So you can pick again. Oh, really? Well... 
Dave Earl says so. Uh, Melisandre. I am going to go a pretty safe route. I'm going to say Loras Tyrell is definitely going to die. And I get two because we're doing a snake draft. Let's see. Who else is going to die? I'm going to double down on my Tyrells and take Marjorie. Hmm. Strong. Doubling down on the Tyrells. All right. Okay, you get two. Let me take a look at the uh, Game of Thrones season. <laughs> Season five cast. <laughs> Let me pull up some of these fucks over here. All right. I'm going to go with... Oh, for sure he's going to die. Let's go with the High Sparrow. That seems unfair. Toast. That fucker's toast. Okay, you get the next pick. I know. I'm going to go with the High Sparrow, and I'm going to go with Ramsey Bolton. See ya, motherfucker. See ya. I'm going to take Lancel Lannister. Good call. Can't believe you just left him. Can't believe he went so far down on this draft, to be honest with we you. We only have five guys, right? How many are we up to? Yeah. I mean, unless you want to go 10, but I mean, nah, we'll not be here 10. all night. Nah, not 10. Okay. So I get one more to finish out my team. Let's see. Who am I going to pick? What did you pull up? A cast list here? Yeah. I just did a season five cast list and pulled it up. <clears throat> Good Lord. Let's see. Let okay. us see. I'm going to go with Tyrion for sure. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Decisions, decisions. Oh, I'm going to take Alaria. Who? Alaria. Who's that? The head of the Sand Snakes. The but, ex-girlfriend to Oberon who you hate yeah. her haircut. It's a good move. I feel like that was a pretty good one. Um, I'm going to go with Reek. Ooh. I'm going to call him Theon in my notes because I'm. I feel like that's kind. Boom. Are we good? I know, I know, I know, I know. How Stark remembers in the chat says Torment. I almost thought about picking no, him. No, I'm not going to pick Torment because I love him. And I you should probably say he's going to gonna die, die and, or you're sealing his fate. Yeah, well, whatever. Well, yeah, I did go safe on my picks. Well, there you have We're it. We're all really going to die, though, so I'm going to win. So there you go. So um, let's cover the picks, and then we'll bid these good people adieu. All right. Um, Team Dean picked um, Tom and Brad. For our Deadpool. For a Deadpool. Yep. Melisandre, the High Sparrow. Those are safe picks. I don't know why people are saying Dean went crazy. Ramsey Bolton, also a safe pick. Theon Greyjoy. I picked Jorah Mormont, my man. Yeah, Valar Morghulis. That's right. <laughs> um, Loras Tyrell, Marjorie Tyrell, because I wanted to double down on those Tyrells. Lance Lannister and Alaria Sand. Boom. Awesome. I'm going to win. I don't think so. Well, we'll have to keep it up. We'll have to tack it up somewhere and I'll go. Put it right on the bulletin board, which we don't have. Right behind me. Put it somewhere. You can, you can, uh, you can uh, I'll put it on the whiteboard. All right. Well, that is our recap and uh, some predictions and uh, some fuckery talk for season five. We had a blast. We got a little uh, Game of Thrones Deadpool going, which I'm a fan of. That's going to be fun to track as we go. Remember... We are going to release these episodes at the latest on Thursdays. The live shows we will announce as soon as possible. Remember, stay tuned on the website. Also, uh, we have a Facebook fan page that I highly recommend you check out, which is easy to get to. It's called facebook.com slash groups slash LSG on GOT. So LSG on GOT. Uh, go over there. Uh, we're, we will uh, keep you guys abreast of all the goings on, the great conversation. It's going to be a blast, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So thanks for tuning in. We are excited to get back cracking. I had a fun time with you, Jessica. This was a good time. I had fun with everyone who turned up in chat. Remember, these episodes will drop on Thursday at the latest, but expect them earlier. 
And uh, we will also do a live show every week so you can get involved. It's a lot of fun. It was very successful for the Walking Dead podcast. So that is all. Anything you want to say to the good people? Thanks for coming out and listening. And I'm super excited for Game of Thrones. I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, ma'am. All right. We will see you next time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one.